And it's not because that thing's not beautiful, but it's like, but in order for that to be, there also has to be this other side of it and this pendulum switch. And like this idea of like, it's nice to have options. And then the next part is just him going, but I need you. Mm -hmm. But for now I I need you. you. And I'm like, yeah, it's, I think it's one of the most romantic sentiments. I know. I agree. And it gets me so much. This whole song. Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Small Thing. It's the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I am Scott. And I am Macy. Welcome to episode number 91. Mm -hmm. And we are at my house tonight, and my dog is already scratching and trying to tear up our chair at our table. You will hear Gronhold's house background noise. (laughs) This is so funny. Luckily, we can edit this out. Episode 91. Welcome, everybody, to episode 91. Do you want to do anything in celebration? This is kind of a Scott episode. I think I think Dave Bazan an episode. Oh, okay, it's Dave Bazan. Like, do you? I'm like, do you want to? I don't think it's a table tap. Do you want a drum roll? Dodger, get down. Gosh, (laughs) doing it at my house. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my dog thinks I'm not monitoring him right now. What is he doing? Back to the episode. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's a drum roll. I think it's a low-key announcement because our artist tonight is pretty low-key and probably wouldn't want drum rolls or fanfares. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. David Bazan. David Bazan? We don't Not know. Dave Bazan, but we will probably refer to him as Dave, I feel like. <sighs> okay. Yeah. I mean, looking at... Um, we're going to read a Wikipedia here in a second. It says David Bazan. And all of his... Him on Instagram as David, David. and him on David. as an artist. Interesting. But you introduced me... him. You introduced me to him as Dave Bazan. I think of him in my head as Dave Bazan. He's but Dave Bazan. <laughs> what a funny okay. little detour of a conversation. If you don't know who Dave Dave Bazan is, David, <laughs> you have entered a music episode. Everybody. I haven't done one in a while. We haven't done one in a while. Was this is an a featured Joanna artist. Joanna the last one. I mean, this is like thirty episodes ago. Was we did Joanna? A music. I oh, mean, we, we did, did the Kanye. God is look, Jesus is King or something. Yeah, so that we was sort did. of a we trashed music. on that. <laughs> um, we did a music episode in like our albums of the decade, oh, but right. it's been a while. Right. And this is a night where we will be featuring an artist who's been significant in mostly like originally Scott's life, mm-hmm. although Dave was on. I'm quickly becoming a big fan slash he speaks to my soul. <laughs> so yeah, you're in for it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the the listener gets out of an episode like this. I mean, I, I try. I hopefully I think, they go and listen to this artist, yeah. and if they like this artist, it's cathartic. Yeah, I think. I think back to our original thing of like creating something we'd want to listen to. Yeah, I when I get into an artist, I do try to go and find like YouTubers and podcasters who are also talking about it because mm-hmm. it's very cathartic. Well, and because. I mean, something like music, music is really a special, significant thing, and it speaks to us on a certain level. And to be able to share and converse with someone about this thing that's happening to you Mm -hmm. is really nice. And so, I mean, I like to listen to podcasts about 
like I would listen to a podcast on Joanna Newsom. Or I remember I did listen to about five podcasts on Joanna Newsom when we were preparing. Oh, there are a lot. I really out wanted there. some people to help me wrap my mind around some of her lyrics, you know. <laughs> And I don't think I got that much assistance, but <laughs> I know because the people trying to wrap their minds around it are speaking a completely different language. Yeah. They're like, they're with Joanna. Yeah, they're up there. Like. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I got much out of that, but it was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed them. But um, okay. Anyways, Dave is on. Here we are. So, so, uh, so should I do a little bit of my journey? Yes, but we should do a little bit of who the heck even okay, is. Who what is kind he? of artist we'll do is he? What's he up to? Okay. Everybody, he's a sad artist. He's a sad artist. A sad. He's. He, I think he's about two or three old years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was born in 1979. Post Christian. Post Christian. At yeah. this point, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you consider his music. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think he'd want that label. I don't think he'd want. I don't but, know if but he would. That's easy for the audiences listening right now t- to understand. That's true. Yeah. I don't know if he would want that label, but I do think he would. Be like, yes, that's, that's mostly that's my a, yeah. my audience or what I'm speaking to. Yeah. Oh yeah. shoot, yeah, I guess that is me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's about my age, a little older. Um, grew up in Seattle. Grew up in it. Well, well, we'll read this in a second. But I mean, he he was born in Arizona, and I think he moved up here when he was about six. Okay. And he, I think he I think he lived up in like the Edmonds Shoreline area. That makes sense. Yeah, um, but he formed a band. I think in his like late teens and it's called Pedro the lion. And I'll read about that in a second. But, um, in that era, so this, maybe I'm like, everybody knows this, but I am sort of speaking a generational thing. Right. Like I was not around when Dave Bazan was beginning. I wasn't cognitively like listening to that kind of music. So in my, I I do follow a similar path to Dave Bazan. So everybody, Macy and I watched this documentary this week that I also highly recommend called Strange Negotiations. Mm -hmm. You can get it on iTunes. I kind kind of recommend it. I mean, it's good. It's a lot. Mm. It's, it's, it's a, it's kind of mostly sad. Well, if you're interested in what we're talking about, want to know more. It's true. It's yeah. true. You could, you might enjoy it. <laughs> you don't give it a full recommendation. I don't. I don't. I we have no. I think it's a no, niche um, audience that listens, well, that watches it. I mediumly enjoyed it. We have no mark for how we have no system of how to recommend things on this on this show. I realized. What do you mean? Like, does it get the Macy half thumb? It, it gets the, the Macy, yeah, like a sideways thumb. Yeah, like it, you might enjoy it. I give it a full thumb in the sense that I like it. And yeah. would enjoy people watching it and talking about it, but I do give the caveat that I agree. Like, it's a, it's a um, a very particular audience that's going to like that. Yeah, if you wanna, if you're down to Slow, watch, sad. mostly an hour and a half of a person driving in a car. Yeah, and talking. Then, well, honestly, I do think it's a generational thing. So that's what I'm about to say right now. Get going. So, like, and a, and a, and a different, like, the, one of everybody, the one of the different. One of the interesting differences between Macy and me is I grew up aggressively evangelical Christian. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So his journey traces my journey almost perfectly. Like, because we're about the same age. Watching it, I was like, this is Scott. And I was with Matthew, and I was like, this is Matthew. This is Matthew, yeah. So, you know, he says, you know, he, he doesn't identify as a Christian anymore, but he, he says in the, in the movie, I am a child of American evangelical Christianity. I, I will always be that. Yeah. You know, and it is true no matter what you are that that's what raised you to a certain extent. Um, so yeah, I grew up, I think we've addressed this on the podcast before. Like I, I had this like dual 
passions when it came to music. I was like listening to rap mostly mm-hmm. on one side and then aggressively listening to like cheesy Christian, cheesy pop Christian music. I remember that page that Carmen guy that one time about we need God in America. Again. You did play <laughs> yeah. me that. And that was a wild experience yeah. to listen to. So part of me was like, I wasn't, I wasn't even, I would have said authentic. I was authentically listening to this mm-hmm. stuff and I would go to a Christian bookstore and I would sit and I would try to find all the new artists and like read their lyrics. And I was like, trying to really get into the best Christian music. Mm-hmm. And I do, I, I can authentically say they, these, these albums always came up short in mm-hmm. terms of like, it's hard to describe, but especially albums that were probably marketed to teens, everything was either like, and this, everybody knows this, like, I guess I'm really speaking to a Christian audience now, but, um, Hold oh, on. No, the Dodgers gotten into something. Okay, semi-Christian audiences like um, there was either these really glitzy, upbeat albums mm-hmm. for teens, or it's like worship songs, mm-hmm. and everything is like everything's great, happy smiles, praise the Lord, and it's like okay, I'm getting into that, but I, I I knew I was just like in the back of my mind. I guess I guess it wasn't even in the back of my mind when I finally encountered Dave Bazan's band, Pedro the Lion, which I'll read about in a second. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh well, yeah. This is what this I've been looking sense. for. This makes yeah. so much more sense. So when I encountered him finally, he was this he had this band called Pedro the Lion and it was it was saying really authentic Christian stuff, like really wrestling with faith and hmm. doubt and talking to God in a way that felt like lament and questioning yeah. and Yeah, totally. And I was like, Whoa. How old were you around that time? Well, I discovered I wish I could have said I was starting to listen to him in my teen years, but I was like married in probably like 24 or something like that. I when I that first, makes sense. I, I would hear people mention him. I, we'd be talking about music somewhere and somebody would say, oh yeah, Peter the Lion. I'm like, oh yeah, I know Peter the Lion. And I, you, I would have heard that name, but I had never gotten into it. You didn't actually really know. Yeah. yeah. And also in, in these days, it wasn't like streaming. So it wasn't like, oh, I'll yeah. just I'll just get online and look up Peter Lyon. There was no YouTube. It's like yeah. I would have had to go buy go the buy album. A, go to a store yeah. and get into it. That makes sense. You had to be really intentional. That's interesting. I yeah, he really speaks to such a specific experience. Mm-hmm. But I think it's an an, it's exper- an experience that there's a lot of people who can like really relate mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Like listening to him, I am like, oh, and knowing you. I'm like, this makes so much sense. This is Scott's guy. Yeah, it's my guy, yeah. I mean, he he sort of led me out. He led yeah. me out. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll explain what I mean. I, I think that can scare people, but... Um. Probably, <laughs> probably. This is funny. Okay, should we read the description? Yeah, so I'm going to read about Pedro the Lion. This is this episode, by nature of it being David Bazan, David, see, I said it, David. will deal with faith. I yeah, feel like. I think so. Like it's it's going to come up. It's inexplicable with his music, which mm-hmm. is something that is cool about him. And mm-hmm. he's just so freaking authentic. Like mm-hmm. listening to him, I'm like, oh, he gets this same like interrogating authentic, uh, authentic self mm-hmm. within me. Like he's not going to lie. No, 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 no. <laughs> and he's going to draw something out of you that you didn't even know was there. And you're yeah. like, the moment he's saying like, oh, that's oh, there. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe if you had the time as a human to really sit with this stuff and come up with a really creative way to say and express some of that inner turmoil you feel, mm-hmm. you'd come up with some of the things he says. Mm-hmm. But you can tell he's out there really trying to come up with the the good ways of saying it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell the stories. Okay, Pedro He's a storyteller. 
Um, so this is his band. I guess maybe this is part one of this podcast because I think mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Peter Lyon and what that meant to me. I guess we're not really doing an intro. We're getting right into the episode. Yes. And we'll, and we'll, I want to hear, Scott, also, you guys, what, I don't know the right word for this, <laughs> but Scott had Pedro the Lion oh. come play at his house, so we have to hear about that as that well. That will be, that will probably be in part two. Okay. That will be when he became the solo artist and started doing... Was he, he when was solo he was toured, time. he was solo, mm-hmm. but he played a song from Pedro the Lion. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing, he founded this group called Pedro the Lion, but it's him. And different b- different band members have come through over the years, but yeah. it's his group. But it's yeah, whatever. Uh, so here's Peter Line. Uh, we had a friend sometime when we did our Beach House album. A friend of mine was like, I was expecting a tutorial at the beginning just to get me set for the conversation, and we never did it. We just got right into our conversation. Just about went Beach to House. it, yeah. So I guess here's a little tutorial. Oh, Read along with reading. us on Wikipedia. <laughs> Made my own. Pedro the Line is an indie rock band from Seattle, Washington. David Bazan. David. Formed the band in 1995 and represented its main creative force, backed by a varying rotation of collaborating musicians. I was born when David began the band. Wow. You were born in 1995? Yeah. <laughs> That's such a trippy thing to think about. <laughs> such a trippy thing to think about. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that really hit me right there. Uh, I guess at that time I would have been 15. Yeah. Yeah. In 2006, Pedro the Lion was dissolved. As, and we'll talk about this as Bazan went solo. Bazan performed the band and resumed, reformed the band and resumed performing under the Pedro Line moniker in late 2017. Recently, so that's, that's just the little, that's the little intro to the Wikipedia. But here's the biography of Pedro Line. Pedro Line was formed by Dave Bazan in 1997. They released their first debut EP, Hole, with Bazan playing nearly every instrument, a format he continued on the band's first two full-length albums. It's hard to find a friend, and Winners Never Quit. So he he did all the all the recording. And then when he went out and performed, he had a band. Oh. But when he was in the studio, he did the drums, he did the bass, he did the guitar. Interesting. This does feel very, like, after watching the documentary, it's, like, very his style. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's when you see, like, him getting back into recording. He said, this feels so familiar. It shows him playing the drums. All the different things. Uh, Winners marked Pedro the Lion's first concept album after his compilation, Bazan has claimed he initially decided not to continue writing concept albums. However, in the process of writing his next full-length, Control, he realized he had inadvertently created a narrative link about 70% of the way through the album and decided to finish it with the same vein. The album's thematic content criticizes American capitalism, which Bazan notes was largely inspired by the sentiments surrounding the World Trade Organization protests. Hmm. That was here in 1999, and it's I went down album. there, and I have a big story about um, getting flashbang grenades and tear gas thrown at me. Uh, so that was a big thing. <laughs> uh, Control also saw Casey Forbert of Seattle-based Seldom join Pedro the Lion to play the bass on the album. I don't know about any of that. Um, okay, well, here it is. And then he went on to make Achilles Heel, which was the last Pedro the Lion album. And then he broke up, and that's what we'll talk about later. But mm-hmm. you guys, he had a band called Pedro the Lion. That's what we're going to start talking about right now. Yeah. And and And... When I was about 25, it's, he broke away from that group. It's we'll kind of crazy. He broke away from that group when ultimately he was it's breaking him. away from himself. It was just like taking on a new name mm-hmm. and kind of standing for something different, I feel like. Well, so we'll get into this, but essentially he was he was distancing himself from his faith. So from I think the expectation. Pedro meant a Christian rock band, mm-hmm. and he wasn't wanting to be that anymore. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. So should we just get into a little discussion about Pedro the Lion? 
about Pedro the Lion or about when you first started to get into Pedro? That, both. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I would like to know when you first, he was outside your radar, but when did he like officially come right in front of your eyeballs? Yeah, but interject if you have a thought about a song or something like that. I will. Okay. Yeah. So I, like I said, I had a lot of friends who would mention him. And I think based on what they knew about my personality, thought I would like it. Yeah. And um, I was kind of in this zone I think everybody can get into where they've heard about something enough where they can sort of fake that they know about it. Mm-hmm. People be like, oh, yeah, Pedro Dolan. You know, I, I talk about a, an edgier Christian group that I liked. I don't even, I can't even think of one that would come to mind right now. And somebody would be like, oh, kind of like. Maybe Switchfoot, honestly, something like that, you know, and somebody would say, oh, kind of like Pedro the Lion. I'm like, exactly, Pedro the Lion, you know, like kind of implying that I know all about Pedro the Lion, but I'm like, people keep bringing that up. I think I know what you're talking about, like authentic lyrics and stuff, but I don't really know that artist. I haven't actually sat with him. Yeah. So, you know, he re- he released his first album in 1997, but I probably didn't get into him until about 2003 or something like that. At mm-hmm. that time, I think I already had at least one kid, maybe two kids. So that's the thing, too, is he, it all started syncing up. He sings a lot about his wife and kids and his He sings about, like, the very real things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, just right, very honestly. Yeah. So in a little bit, Macy and I will, towards the end, I think we're going to talk about our top five our top songs. top five songs, yes. Um, so I started, I got I got in, I got into this, uh, the albums. By the time I started listening to him, like all of his albums were out. All the Pedro the Lion albums were out. So I had all those to listen oh, to. Oh, I see. I was like, oh, this is great. I mean, it's like a feast. Mm-hmm. You know, the first album, second album, I'm just like When listening. you first started listening, were you like, oh, I'm, I oh, love yeah. this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as 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 it happens... Did you, you start know, with the first one? I think so. I think so. Because that's so yeah, as, uh, I think with all of us, we have these moments where we encounter an album. Yeah. I have, I have a, a long, beautiful story about how... I listened to Seven Swans by Suvion Stevens on a snow day up here for the first time. Hmm. And I had to walk home in the snow hmm. and I was just w- crisscrossing back and forth through all these alleys on Queen Anne listening to Seven Swans. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> and it was magical. I'll hmm. always remember Seven Swans. And you that. always think of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I remember being on this, I, as a youth pastor, I was like um, on this, I, 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 I volunteered to be like, a super, uh, like a chaperone on an overnighter for some seniors. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, we want to use our parents' cabin, but we need an adult. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go. And I just remember kind of being detached from that group. I'm like, I'm just here to let them do what they want. I'm just making sure they don't get into trouble. So I remember waking up this one morning and I, this is the thing. Let's just take a little detour for technology. At the time, I had an iPod. A little iPod? Yeah. What kind? Oh, I think it was actually a U2 iPod, which is like a black and red okay. iPod. Okay. Um, and what you had to do is you buy the album... Again, there's no like iTunes at this point. Mm-hmm. So you buy the album, you put it on your computer, and then you load up your iPod. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had I had these albums now loaded up in my iPod, ready for a moment like this. I'm like, I'm at this lake out in the middle of nowhere, and I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk around this lake and oh, listen to this album. That's a good vibe. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know why I picture this, but it's like you're you're like you picture like your pupils dilating or something. Mm-hmm. Like you just get into this zone. And I was just entranced. Yeah. Was like he's saying everything. But I think I will mention, this will be a little bit of a giveaway, but one of my favorite songs, it's called The Longer I Lay Here. And again, like I had never heard anything like that. I mean, get shivers just thinking about it right now. But Which album is that from? Oh, I always get these wrong. Um, it's called oh, It's Hard to Find a Friend. Um, so I think this was their third album. Yeah. So The Longer I Lay Here has just these little clicks 
and it just kind of puts you in this trance. And then it's just these clicks and a guitar and his voice, hmm. which I would I would describe his voice as like kind of baritone and like syrupy. It's, I've heard it described as like syrupy. Um, Interesting. Sometimes it feels very monotone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also very like talking. Mm-hmm. Like there's something about it where I'm like, he's just talking, but it's singing at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'll ins- insert part of the song. You never know how we're going to. You should. End, I think those. you should. I think that'd be good. Yeah. I like it when that happens. But I'll just say it for now because I've got these lyrics, you know, in- ingrained down. in the. But brain. he says, "It's a very simple song, but it it just grabs you." And mm-hmm. again, like I'm I'm at that time listening to what I'm perceiving to be like a quote unquote Christian artist. So I'm like, my my ear is ready for a Christian song. Yeah. And it comes in with these little clicks, and then he says, "You're up with the sunrise and out in the day where the work's been done with." creativity industry and he says naturally i'd like to be like you like somebody that wakes up in the morning gets things done mm-hmm. out, out and then he and then um and then he and then eventually it's like okay he apparently is like turning his thoughts towards jesus and he says sweet jesus i need you forgive me this sin not hookers or heroin gambling or gin it sounds so ridiculous but i just can't lick this i need someone to help me love myself Hmm. And that's then. Hmm. And you're just like, what the heck? Dave. <laughs> you know, you're listening to this and you're like, I've never heard anything like this. And I'm just like stopped in my tracks. Yeah. I'm like, this is what I need. Yeah. You know, that's a prayer that resonates with my heart. You know? I know. I feel like Dave Bazan and 21 Pilots play kind of a similar role like in our life, just because 21 Pilots first couple albums really are a little bit. Mm-hmm they're dealing with God in a very similar they way. They are, yeah, like yeah. The doubting and the questioning. And there's a few songs that like overlap. I feel like that played a very similar role. But he's a little more out there. Maybe Gunger is another similar artist. In yeah, way. the sound I think is important because the sound is so Dave's different. sound is so down. It's, it's so, so down. slow. It's so yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Okay. Where Tyler will sing about doubt and be like, I know. I was thinking about this this morning in the shower because I was like, it's doing a lot of similar things, but 21 Pilots gets me in an angsty space where I'm like, want to jump off the walls and it gives me energy. As we're day bizarre, I'm just like, I like found myself going into work today being like, feeling so like there's a cloud because <laughs> i would love i would love 21 pilots to do some covers of day bazan and do like their spin but if you so can picture fun. day bazan being like doom, doom, <laughs> i've got a migraine i know doom, doom. it's all now a sudden like oh this is sad this is but with sad. tyler you're like i got a migraine but but like, okay and, yeah and then you're like wait what is he saying <laughs> yeah, oh slow it down and just make it super depressing i can't imagine like, <laughs> i can't imagine oh just sleep sad yeah like dave Bazan sad version <laughs> Yeah, and then he had another song that he says like Goner? it's sad because he says he won't perform these types of songs anymore. But um, I forget a lot of the titles of songs, everybody. But um, it's okay. You're it's not called a of fan. Minor Prophets. Minor uh, Prophets oh, and oh, something else. Secret of the Easy Yoke. Oh, Secret of the Easy Yoke. So in the Secret of the Easy Yoke, he's sitting in a church service judging the whole thing. He's like, "This is oh. real. Everybody's worshiping. I don't feel it." Um, and you're listening to that and you're like, again, getting in that headspace is like so grateful that somebody's giving voice to this. Right. Um, and then again, at the time when he was like a Christian artist, it's a, like a six minute song, six and a half minute song. And so, yeah, so he's the whole song, he's sharing all these 
sad, depressing, doubting thoughts, like judging a worship service. Love it. And it's like kind of in that plodding, slow, minor chord. And then it, and then slowly builds up and transitions to some major chords. Hmm. And what I perceive to be like the voice of God says over and over again, builds up. It says, peace, be still, peace, be still. Hmm. So it's like, yeah, I got, I mean, especially I'm thinking about this through the lens of a five. I'm like, I'm relating to all these thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. And, but and then God there's just something says, else. He does that too. Yeah. He does that with his other songs. Oh, I'll get into some of Get into it. Cause this songs. is why I want the interjections. Yeah. Well, no, I won't say cause that'll reveal some of my favorites, but there's these moments where I'm like, he says these really hard truths that I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. that is what I've been thinking. And that's really hard to hear. Mm-hmm. And I totally relate. But then he like comes in with the other side and I'm like, yeah, that too, yeah, just both. as much. And I need you to be coming in strong on that yeah, side yeah. too. Thank you. Come in strong, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, he's such a punk too, because he had, um, a version of, I heard the bells on Christmas day mm-hmm. and the first like three, and it's kind of an old hymn, but he does it with his acoustic guitar and, it sounds so nostalgic and yeah. it's at the time where he was still like Christian. And so it's like, I heard the bells on Christmas day and it's like the whole time it's, it's like doubting. It's mm. like a hymn that's like, I don't get it. There's not peace on earth. And then the final one, and it's so nice to hear him sing it. He says, then pealed the bell bells so loud and clear. God is not dead. I heard them say, mm. you know, and it's like, yeah. And he sings it with, he's like, God is not dead. It's so crazy when you think like, about yeah. it now. And I've told you on here many times, like I always love somebody that takes you to the dark place and then builds you up. Mm-hmm. But he'll perform "I Heard the Bells" now oh, on Christmas Day. He doesn't, Day. Do, he doesn't it. do the last oh, verse. I love that. That is amazing. But also, <laughs> it's just very the dark verse. And then you're just like, gosh, gosh yeah, okay. what a fun. I see it. But I I'm it. like, yep, yep, yep. Let's leave it there, Davis Horn. <laughs> it's really interesting thinking about. I wonder if he lost people. He probably lost people and gained people with his. I think like, he mostly lost people. That's part of the thing of the documentary like yeah he's really trying to make it work i know it seems like i feel like the name change i feel like he could have kept going and not done the name change although i think internally he couldn't have i think it was kind of a i think it was like i think so i think he like needed to it's also headphones this other album why did he need that name change yeah true which yeah. headphones is one of my favorites. Okay, I should also preface to the audience, to yeah. the people, Davison has so many freaking songs, everybody. He does. So I've I do feel like he should be more famous than he is. Only but. listened, I've listened to every album, but I would say I've probably only like really listened to like five albums mm-hmm. just because there's so many and I'm still uncovering, which I'm like, I still have a journey with Davison. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a big, big artist out there. We have more distractions than typical than I, I feel I like. I know. We have so many distractions Gosh. around us. Do you need something for Dodger? I need to help him up onto a chair. Oh. Anything else about the part one of... Well, I'll just say, I'll just say, um, he did get a good, a big following. Mm-hmm. His albums, I mean, we're in Seattle. He lives here in Seattle. So I'm, I'm speaking through a very particular lens. I don't know how big he got around the country. I do mm-hmm. think he has an audience and a following. Um, hold on. I don't know what you want, but Hi. Oh, he's so cute. Um but I find it interesting that he still seems to be a singular voice. I don't know anybody else who has music that sounds like him mm-hmm. and talks about faith exactly like he talks about it, especially in those Pedro days. Um I mean 
you can say 21 Pilots and there's... Wait, no, there's probably a lot of other people, but that sounds like him. I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not aware of him. I'm yeah. not aware. Yeah. And I'm they might pretty, be out there. I'm out here looking, looking, <laughs> you know. He has a similar sound. Like, he's definitely indie rock. Like, listening to him sometimes, there's a band I listen to, the, it's a long name, but The World's a Beautiful Place and I'm No Longer Afraid to Die. Ooh. That band can... It's different, but listening to him, I'm like, that sounds kind of like him. It has a very similar energy. Mm-hmm. Manchester Orchestra, yeah. I also feel like is in the same realm mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. Dave Bazan. I don't know. Yeah, but it's like, it's true. It's like that indie rock sort of emo sound, though. That's mm-hmm. really unique for a Christian band, I guess. I, I guess it really I don't would... know if... It, I guess I guess because he was so heavily Christian, and he does deal with it as a big mm-hmm. topic. Mm-hmm. I think the other artists it may be woven in in smaller, more subtle ways. Well, it's important to acknowledge that in those days, he was marketing himself as a Christian artist and playing at Christian festivals and in Christian places. Like he wasn't out in the city playing at Numos and stuff like that. Yeah, that's interesting. That's why in the documentary, he's in trouble because he's at a Christian festival drinking that vodka out of a milk jug. And that was like a Christian Christian festival. So people are like, no, no, no. You know, we have policies. That's interesting. That's why it was so controversial. And I think at that point... The drinking, I think at that point he was da- dipping his toe and in, in playing in more secular spaces. And yeah. so probably just didn't really appreciate how big of a deal that was for a Christian rock festival. Yeah. And I mean, watching the video, he looked like he was like sloppy. I know, so was, that's sloppy. part of it too. <laughs> Come on, buddy. But yeah. Um, so I feel like life is hard for Dave Bazan. Like yeah. no matter what, it's gonna life is going to be hard for Dave Bazan. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think that's what shows like sometimes I feel this. it doesn't have to be this because we have that myth of like the tortured artist. Yeah. But like he does show that somebody that's going to live that life and go to those places is doing it obviously of their own volition. But we get to sort of benefit from that person going there on our behalf. I know. It feels almost cruel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like thank dude, you. you don't have to do this, but OK, but thank you. <laughs> Some of us love it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like over the oh, years. Yeah. It was it was almost like a it's a it was almost like a test for friendship. If I played somebody one of those songs, mm-hmm. um, gosh, if I played if I played someone one of those songs and they liked it, I was like, oh man, our friendship just grew <laughs> a little bit, you know. But friendship I mean, points. I would say sixty percent of the people I played Dave Bazan songs to or Pedro songs would have been like, I don't get it. It's... Like, yeah, that was nice. Anyways, how are you? You know, I'd be like. Oh man, that didn't change your life. That wasn't like mind blowing. I know, and our house is now all becoming Dave is on Pedro Hawaiian people. Hello. It's like we've all been listening. Yeah, you guys are all own. artsy emo. I know. I think about my parents, and I feel like they would be like, "Macy, what are you playing?" Which is what yeah. they think about like a this? lot of my music. But well, I mean, that's the thing that we're saying is the sound right off the bat is a is a deal breaker for most people. If it's that slow emo prodding. Gosh, plotting I love it. I love it. I know, that I sound know. right off the bat. I'm like, all me. right, here I yes, am. Yes, yeah. I mean, people want. I want to. I want to have my headphones in and I want to on blast and I want to be walking around and just feeling <laughs> yeah. it, or yeah. sitting in the shower listening to it, feeling it. Yeah, yeah, sitting in the shower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing is like even people have said about our podcast, like get in, get out, fast, snappy, zip, no, zip, zip. That's not it's happening like, here. And that's what I don't want with music. I don't want with podcasts. I don't, I don't need somebody to, I want somebody to slow it down actually. Well, and you know, this is another thing that's interesting is he's really simple with the Mm -hmm. songs. Like I think Dave Bazan is a really good storyteller with his music. Like he really paints the picture of where you are and creates characters really quickly and you can place yourself in the story, but it's really simple at the same time. Like it's not, it's, 
it's like one simple feeling mm-hmm. gets a like is there and it's mm, that's good. I don't know. That's good. You're driven. One simple feeling is there. We're gonna sit with this feeling for a little bit. Yeah, and you're like, okay. And okay. we're gonna go deeper and deeper. What's the books? Drink it up, going deeper. <laughs> <laughs> Your body is a glass container, or whatever. Gosh. That will be can that, that should be our the next books? artist. Oh, that'd be books. so fun. Oh man, that'd be amazing. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Um, okay, uh, and maybe maybe I'll just say for one more little taste of Pedro the Lion. Like we we mentioned these other albums, but there was another thing that I think is like quintessential. Like people are like, what are they talking about? And people are probably listening to this at No Pedro the Lion, but um, it's that Rejoice song. And he says, wouldn't it be great if everything were so meaningless? Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah. And you're kind of falling. It's so slow. And I he know. He says, but everything is so meaningful. And you're like, yeah. And everything turns to shit. And then rejoice. 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 You're like, what? I know. <laughs> what is this? That gives me a, such, I mean, there's a <laughs> Julian Baker song that's kind of similar. It's like ridiculously sad. And yeah. then it goes rejoice. And that's like them both, Whoa. they both have these moments of like belting out this rejoice. And you're like, what's happening yeah. here? But also, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and what do I feel? I don't know. <laughs> Conflicting things. Yeah. But it it does it it honestly I I haven't really thought this but it totally makes sense I do think there's a lot of similarities between Dave Bazan and Annie Dillard. Yeah, that's true. Just just acknowledging the darkness in so many ways, um, in so many weird creative ways. Yeah. One of those. He's an emo artist. He, I mean, me saying Julian Baker. I'm like, he does kind of have Julian Baker no. sounds too. Actually. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. He's in that camp. I think. Yeah. And you said Annie Dillard. No, I said Annie Dillard too. Oh, okay, but both, right. okay, both, yeah, right. yeah. I, you said Julian Baker, and I'm like, well, also Annie Dillard. <laughs> <laughs> also, also this person. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Annie Dillard says at the very end of. I was just rereading Pilgrim at Tinker Creek recently, and, and she just does this thing at the end where it's again she she blindsides you with some hope after this, but she says, you know, there's this old Eskimo uh, parable about uh, a mother-in-law who's jealous of her daughter. And so kills her daughter and skins her alive and puts her skins on her face and has sex with the husband. Hmm. And as they're having sex, the man reaches up and touches the face and, and peels back the skin and sees this old hag, as it said in the parable. And and she says, what if we reached up to the face of the universe, to the stars, and peeled it back and realized that it's a joke and this is all meaningless and and it's just a cruel joke and... Um, and you're like, what? what? No. So- and then she's like, but, and then she does her, like in a little bit of hope. She does like, give Gosh, that, that was dark. That went really dark. Yeah. <laughs> that went really dark, but also I'm glad we went there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad we went there. Okay. He's having some struggles. I know. Dodger's in the mood. All right. When we come back. Let me give a teaser for when we come back. Okay. So the big thing with David Bazan and Pedro is that he essentially was this sort of Christian artist that by the end was starting to be like, oh, my doubts are getting real big. They're getting real big. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way of saying it. <laughs> oh, and, this is no longer yeah. just dabbling. I'm like starting to be like, no, thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, that's the big conversation when we come back is um, he essentially came out with an album that's called like a breakup album with God. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about. I mean, that's when it got really real for me. Really real. And this is, that album was the album My dog is in the background, everybody. First introduced me to. Right. And it gets me. I don't know if that was cruel, too, because you were like, I'm having some doubts. And I was like, listen to this. No, I wasn't having, I was like, no, I'm done. And you were like, listen to this. It was good, (laughs) but it was also Dodger. 
Okay, when we come back, <laughs> we'll be back. What makes you think the ear won't grow back in a day or two? Husbands in winter, we know the truth. But what can we do? I don't like girls the way they are. So shave their legs and make them look like movie stars. Then we can pretend it's natural. Put on whatever makes you attractive. If it's not you, then do it for the sake of fashion. Your friends like a suit in you. That's who you've got to be. Okay, we're back, everybody. We're back. We just listened to the first song. On Curse Your Branches. On Curse Your Branches, which is the album we're about to get into a Let's little bit. Let's deep dive, because after that, it's like the fallout, essentially. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is like the focal point, maybe, of this episode. I yeah. don't know what that means. But um, so let me just, I guess we're doing more journey and yeah. then interject. Yeah. Uh, so so now I've I've deep dive so I, I'm primed I'm primed I've deep dive Pedro the Lion. Like, I know if you've you've got your like what's gonna be next? Yeah. So this time I think I'm about 25 or 26. Um, I've got kids, two kids now. He's got two kids. We're both wrestling with our faith. I'm a youth pastor, and and he's in some sense like a Christian leader too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely, absolutely. Well said. And so, so what happens, and this is, this is like when you see an episode of like Mad Men or something, everybody, or, or some sort of show where it takes you back in time and, and for a second you get to think about what it would have been like to be at like the Ed Sullivan show when the Beatles performed or something like that. (laughs) And it's like, I know it's on a much grander scale, but for my own personal little story, like he came out with this album called uh, Fewer, Fewer Moving Parts, which was like his breakup album with Pedro the Lion. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was like an EP. It was like four four okay. songs. And I listened to that everywhere. I was like, oh, my gosh, he's doing something new. Oh, crazy. And then all of a sudden, he started teasing this Curse Your Branches album. Yeah. Um, and it was like he had – there was a YouTube video of him performing Curse Your Branches in a, in a studio somewhere. Hmm. So Curse Your Branches <sighs> – I guess for no somebody that's listening doesn't know, and then for I guess maybe this would be cathartic to have somebody describe it. Here I go. In the Reformed tradition, like Calvinist theology, which I think he grew up even more steeped in than I was. Yeah, it's this idea of like predestination, mm-hmm. and so you don't really get to have a choice in your. So he was hinting at some of these songs or in thoughts on a lot of his Pedro songs. So he has a song on the Pedro the Lion, the last Pedro the Lion album called Achilles Heel, called Foregone Conclusions. Hmm. He's like, what's the point of doing anything? We're just foregone conclusions. Yeah. After yeah. all, after all, all this like, wrestling and thinking and planning, it's like we're all, it's all we're all going to heaven or hell anyway. So who cares? Mm-hmm. So it's a very kind this of sarcastic all, like, song. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so curse your branches. It was like the it was like the full frontal attack. It was like, and he says, all fallen leaves should curse their branches mm-hmm. for not letting them fall where they would decide, or or not letting or them not letting them not fall, fall at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like that hit me hard. Yeah. Cause I was like, this is the critique that this theology deserves. And yeah, no, somebody's this is saying like a robust, cri- like theological yeah. critique. Yeah. 
with some chords and some music and some heart, and you're like, oh. Imagine doing a research paper. Just using, on that. Using Dave Bazan as oh. like a primary resource. Oh, so good. <laughs> mm. So meanwhile, all these YouTube videos start to service of him performing at college campuses, a bunch of new songs. And I live in Seattle, so all of a sudden, little rumors are starting to pop up. Are we about He's to get performing. To this? He's performing. He's performing. No, no, this isn't my house show. But oh, okay. So, for example, I go to a like art night at the Fremont Abbey. Mm-hmm. Everybody, that's kind of a Great cool hipster place. church here in Seattle. Mystic hipster, whatever. I don't. I don't want to get into. A, <laughs> I'm always nervous when I get into a debate about a, a, a label I use with you. Uh, hipster, come on. No, it's no. an abbey. Yeah, it's an abbey. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in their little basement, they had like you would have loved this type of thing. It was like an art night where it's like rotating musicians, and as they're playing, there's painters and there's poetry oh, readings, cool. and he's one of the venues. So he gets up and he says, you know, he's in his he's in his super sad depressive state. He's like, I don't know why I'm here. It's a Christian event, but like these songs are like anti-Christian. So <laughs> thanks for inviting me, you know. And then he sings a, a bunch of these songs from Kershaw Branches, and I'm there with my folks, you know. And it's really like there is no your Christ- parents. No, 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 no. My peeps. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> clarification. My peers, my friends, my pals, and. And then also peripheral peeps, like everybody in the room, I kind of know. We're all like Seattleites who are kind of here for the Dave Bazan stuff. We we know each other from different. And like w- he starts singing his songs, and you know the way he sings it is so like slow and deliberate. You you hear every word, and mm-hmm. he and he he would even st- stop playing his chords just so you could hear his words. You know, He's like, like this I is want what you to I'm hear this. Yeah, <laughs> and we're all listening to it, and being like tears in our eyes and we're looking around, and we're like, I love this guy. Like this is why we're not like, oh, this guy, dang it, you know, we're like. We we've gone this far with him, and we are going here with him too. Yeah. You know, um, well, he he really invites you in. Mm-hmm. He's it's very obvious. He's like, I will go the distance for yeah. this song. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And then we're also watching him transform. So like, one of the songs I remember him performing at the Fremont Abbey from Kershaw Branches, which was the first time I had heard it, and I'm like, what's going on with this guy? Because he's like that song. Um, you used to feel like a forest fire burning. Hmm. But now you feel like a failure, yeah. And you hate what you've made, and you want to watch it burn. Hmm. That's one of the lines. Hmm. And you, and he says, "You used to feel like a prodigal returning. You used to feel like a prophet." Um, and it's like, yeah, man, it's he's so just sad. singing this out. It's so sad. Oh, so sad. I choked up just thinking it's, about it. It's really interesting and sad and fascinating thinking about like the role that he played, it's like, oh man, Pedro mm-hmm. the Lion, it's this music that's cathartic and I'm a Christian and I can listen to it and we can doubt and feel this, but like, oh, he's still believing. And yeah, so it's exactly. like, you know, if yeah, you always get is still believing, then that's good. Wait, he's and not believing. And he comes out with this and he's like, Oh, Dave Bazan is not. <laughs> and like now but, it's unleashed and there's but, not that. Yeah, like, you could tell at the time hearing these seep out, you're like, oh, it's just his way of dealing with his doubt, but he's still a Christian, you know, and um, as you kept hearing these songs, you're like, maybe isn't, I don't understand, what's he doing? And What's um, happening? And yeah, and all my friends are like into this stuff, and um, I mean, there was another, and I think another thing, so like for me, it was like Christianity and family and Christian leader, and I'm still a very young baby youth pastor, so I'm like mm-hmm. holding, I'm wrestling with my own faith while holding it and trying to be like, it's so freaking stressful. Yeah, it's so stressful. It's so stressful. I get. I have like to, to to at that point when you're that age, to to stand up in front of the universe and say to your wife and kids and your family and your kids at your youth group that I have the answers. 
It was like very strange. And you're like, and I'm also have none of the answers. Yeah, I don't have the answers. And I'm still exploring <laughs> yeah. and I want to be able to be free to explore without this pressure, yeah, but nope, I nope, also nope. am doing this. Yeah. Gosh. So like another in between song was I he, feel that. he had rewritten a, like another Christmas song. He had these little Christmas albums that would come out. And it was like um uh not We Three Kings. Something where I I know it was like uh he rewrote one of the final stanzas. And it's like, what is it? Um, what's that song? Tidings oh, of tidings of... So he has, this, he has this song where it's like, okay, we're listening to this really nice traditional rendition of good, good tidings of comfort and joy or whatever. And the last one is like, the last one is him with his family. He's like, on Christmas morning, my son puts the baby Jesus in the nativity... And he says, while I sip tr- Christmas whiskey, wondering if I still believe. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. And I'm like, oh, I, th- I think I literally did that last eerie. night. That's <laughs> eerie. You know? That's eerie. And you're like, yup, <laughs> yup. <laughs> um, and he's singing it in that slow, deep voice. Oh, tidings of comfort. I can picture that and that being, gosh, it's, why do we like this? Why do we like to listen to it? I'm like, that sounds appealing. And yet also I'm like, that's like, yeah. it takes you to a dark place. It really does. <laughs> uh, so yeah, my, I, I'm so sad because I mean, you and I are proof of this. Like I have connected with my interns over the years, not mm-hmm. all of them, but like those have, those have been often special relationships and I had an intern for three years named Anthony. He's in he's in Princeton now. He's not. I don't even think he listens to this podcast. Anthony, hello. But we got super into Dave Bazan and Kanye together, and so he was the one that was always texting me a new song, and we were like, "The new Bazan album's coming yeah. out." And, yeah. Um. And I pre-ordered this, so I got it probably a week before everybody unwrapped. You know, Curse Your Branches. That's the album, and it's like I said, like a breakup album with God. So you're listening to him, like just trying to process it. Mm-hmm. But um, and it's like step by step. He said this in the documentary, but it's mm-hmm. like it just all starts tumbling step by step. Like that goes creation, that goes, that goes, yeah. Adam and Eve, hell, this heaven. thing, hell, this step by step. And he kind of does that in that album of yeah. just like let's let it, let's unveil it all because <laughs> it's it was all falling down. He's got so many cathartic lines. He's kind of mm-hmm. like um, if uh, the song is called um, When We Fell or something like that. And it's like, he says, did you push us when we fell? Like he's, Ugh. he's critiquing this idea of like, well, okay, well Ugh. we fall, we fell, you created us, you did all this. And he's talking to God. I know this is very clearly coming out of Calvinism. Yeah, totally. Like it's... he grew up much more conservative and I grew up fairly conservative, but, um, but he says at the very end, he's the whole time he's kind of wrestling, but the, the last line of that song is sort of like, there is no, it's like a resolved thing for him. He's like, if you did this, then you, my friend, can take the blame. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know. Like, That's it's, a great line. <laughs> it's really good. It's interesting because you played this album for me when I was like, this it seems probably, cruel in retrospect. I know. It wasn't the right album to play for me. Like, <laughs> that's fine. I, <laughs> it's okay. Um, I was like, oh, Macy's having their moment. I, I'm going to. I know. Well, I think it was interesting because you played that album for me and it wasn't the only thing I was listening to at yeah. the time. Don't worry. I didn't listen that heavily, but. When I was like Doty, gosh, Doty at the time, I was like, uh, I had already pretty much fallen heavy quotes from faith. It was mm-hmm. not even like necessarily. Well, 
I had already kind of deconstructed God. Mm -hmm. That had already happened. And I was mostly, and then something else hit me where I was like, I, when I turned to you, I was like, I have lost hope. Mm -hmm. Like that's really what I was saying. But I was like using the word of like, I just don't believe in any God at all. But it was mostly me being like, I don't believe in hope. And this album was probably not the best because it was like, (laughs) yep. Yeah. This is exactly what I'm thinking. Nope. I was trying, I was trying to validate your thoughts. A cathartic part of that, but it was dealing with other things. Like, I wasn't like, am I a bad person? Right. It's more of just like... What's the meaning of life? What's the meaning of life? Why are we doing this? Is it worth doing this? Mm -hmm. Is it ever going to get better? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. what am I even doing out here? I'm just in a sea, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) (laughs) But, But I feel like in this album, he really is unpacking like... Like a lot of... He's really unpacking like the these very specific like moral things attached to Christianity and the character. Yes, 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 yes. Aspects of it. You really get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that album came out and I will say like it sent me into a tailspin in a good way probably ultimately, but like I didn't have I mean, I've been going to therapy now for 2 years. I didn't have a therapist. I didn't yeah. have somebody I could talk to about my thoughts about this. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time I wouldn't have said I was in a, a, what I would have perceived to be a safe place with my wife, Marissa, where I could talk about this. Right. I would have been in retrospect, but I didn't trust that at the time. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, now that I know Marissa so much, I I can say anything to Marissa. I guess that makes sense until you've like undone the veil of Mm -hmm. faith. Yeah. It can be very... But I would have assumed she'd be like, oh, it's a deal breaker and you're weird and why are you always being so weird and... (laughs) I mean, she still thinks I'm weird, but she would have been able to, she would have been able to process it. And of course, I played all these songs for her. Right. But I was always like, "Isn't he interesting?" I'm like, I would never been like, "I'm also having these thoughts." I'm also feeling these things. Yeah. I think it's so. Gosh, faith is such a complicated, complex thing, and so I'm like, thank goodness people are out there like Dave Bazan who are mm-hmm. taking that head on. Mm-hmm. And his music is, it gets at this huge pressure that people feel Mm -hmm. to believe a certain thing, to act a certain way, to fall in line with those things. You know, I imagine this being like a book that I'm like a little memoir and I'm like telling it. And then you come in with the good commentary (laughs) that explains it. It's so good. I'm like, yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's the right random thought. Yeah. Um, so I, I will say like simultaneously this this was syncing up. I don't know if it sparked it or launched it or if it was just like something in the air in our culture at the time. But I was also simultaneously just obsessed with watching atheist Christian debates. <laughs> I was just like, okay, Christopher Hitchens and Richard Dawkins came out with the God Delusion. Christopher Hitchens came out with this book called God is Not Great. There's this there was these Christian debaters, like one was Alistair McGrath. Anybody that knows these things, this is like a deep dive into this is so funny. a culture, you know, like, um, and there there was like a circuit of people that were out there this debating each other. This is also an Enneagram other. 5 youth pastor. Oh, totally. Looking back on it, I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, I got to watch all the debates. I got to read all the material. I got to order these books. Got to be prepared. If, if there's a, there was a thing out there called the new atheist. So I was like, okay, I got to read the new atheist. I got to understand the opposition, you know, uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but it synced up with that. And I just remember going in these long walks in this place here in Seattle called Discovery Park, listening to Curse Your Branches. And I'm like, 
at the time I was like, Oh, I don't, what season? It was, it was like, as I would have probably approaching my late twenties. No, I'm talking about weather. Oh, <laughs> what amazing question. <laughs> I don't I'm, know. I'm picturing you walking around Discovery Park. Do you have headphones in? You're headphones, listening. Earbuds. Oh, I can yeah, imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm That's like, I'm going to Discovery mood. Park and I got to listen to this album and be alone and think about it and yeah, look yeah. at the leaves, curse your branches. Yeah. You know, um, Oh, <laughs> but I want to now walk around discovery park and listen to curse <laughs> yeah. your branches. I will say at the time, and here's what I would say. You can't picture the weather. I think it was probably, I, 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 I in my brain and my imagination, I've created it as fall. Okay. So I don't know if that's true, but like yeah. it makes sense. I mean, I don't really like walking around discovery park in the winter, so you probably would, <laughs> but anyways, I mean, that album, I don't know if I could play another clip of it here in this episode, but I, I mean, I was, I listened to, I, I, said, I said to Macy, I, I think I listened to it all the way through for the first time today in like eight years. Cause I think I had such an encounter with it. I'm like, yeah. I've had that. That was a, that was a moment. I know it. I know that album backwards and forwards. And That's probably like me and Vessel. Maybe. Yeah. I don't need to listen to it again, but today I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to this again. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, this is big. It brought back so many memories and, um, and there were also little moments and lines and gems that I had forgotten about. Um, and it's like you've come so far from yeah, totally, that totally. space. Yeah, That's exactly right. Another great little commentary. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe let's let's have a little conversation about faith because I think yes. this is what it did. Yes. And this is this is I think for the what what I bring to our podcast, um, something that felt so dark and hard and lonely and scary for me at the time, like maybe a year's worth of borderline panic. Mm-hmm. And there's a line that I'll mention later in one of my top five songs where um, he says, um, when, when, I, when I realize the truth, essentially, he says this in the song called Bearing Witness. Uh, what does he say? Um, gosh, I have so many songs running through my head. Um, so he has a song called Bearing Witness. <laughs> Guys, we, we this is, I do like we, we're living in a house here. People, there's a dog. There's kids, um, and this. If you can picture me see, hearing this song as a young dad with kids that are like four and two. Yep. It's such a strange thing having kids. Side note, like you're I know, like I'm okay, stressed for if it happens. I guess you have kids. That's what you do. I mean, that's what I did. I was like, okay, I, I wanted kids, but Scott it's like, plugged in everybody. I plugged in. Scott 20, plugged 24, in. Twenty-four. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 then and then you're like, what the heck is this? What does it mean to be a dad? What does it mean to care for a soul and mm-hmm. all day, every day? I'm changing mm-hmm. your diapers and I'm I've brought you into this world and I don't. You're very responsible to. And this now I don't game. even know what this world is. Like, what do I have to say to you? Nothing. You know. So this line really always got me. He says, when, because because. As a Christian, I thought, okay, like I have the answers mm-hmm. and I'm going to bring kids into the world. This is so great. I, I literally remember thinking things like this. I remember thinking of like sort of borderline judging friends that didn't have faith. Mm. And I was like, well, what are you going to do for your kids? Like I'm having kids and I'm going to teach them about Jesus and Christianity. Yeah. So he says, when the gap between what I hoped would be and what is makes me weep for my kids. That was a huge Ooh. line. Oof. I was just like, I don't, I don't know what to say anymore. Like, I don't. Get I feel to- like this got this album came out just as you were pitting some peak. Like, I mean, honestly, kind of similar to me. Like, we both have gone through these seasons of just like a little bit of crisis. Yeah, that's crisis exactly what it felt like with what's happening. Mm-hmm. And this album really speaks to that space. Yeah, 
It's like, yep, yep. we're in crisis, everybody. <laughs> crisis. Let's be honest about it. This world Somebody is crazy. Say it out loud. Somebody, yeah, exactly. Someone say it out loud. Yeah. 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 So, so the other side of it is, I think after my experience with that, as things started to settle, it was like, this is why I like less certain, more curious. It's like the rigidity went away. Mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about, do I believe? Do I not? Do I agree? Do I not? Am I, do I have answers? Do I not have answers? Do, am I certain? Am I not? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I that's another one. I am right like, now. I, yeah, I am here and, and I show up to church and I, um, I say a prayer and I open up the Bible. Do I have certainty? No. And am I learning? And actually, maybe I'm more open to God than I've ever been now because, I mean, this was then, I mean, in later life. I went way deeper even. I mean, deep, deeper. I don't know if that's... But like, I guess it probably threw me on a journey because, like, mm-hmm. I mean, another person I fell into eventually was Paul Keep. Tillich. Oh. And Paul Tillich, you know, gave me all sorts of great language to help me understand a new way to think about the journey. But, I mean, we even had a whole episode on conversion. I know. Yeah. And Peter Rollins. Like, where Peter was Rollins. Peter Rollins in this journey for you? I mean, he everything Later. eventually led to Peter Rollins. <laughs> it's all like, so funny. Which is so funny because, like, I feel like he's, like, a almost borderline friend now. But um, Paul Tillich wrote this book called The Courage to Be. And the whole book ends and leads up to this one sentence. It's like, God, God exists when God dies. Like, the God yeah. that you built up in your mind mm-hmm. needs to die eventually if you're going to actually know God. I, I know. that's what happened. I feel like there's something so good for this being out there for people to help them to deconstruct mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. give them language to deconstruct. Because I think, uh, similar to you, like I've, I went through a huge phase of deconstructing in a large, large space of being mad at God and then a large space of being like very insistent. There's no such thing and there's mm-hmm. no hope mm-hmm. and it's all mm-hmm. dark. To finding a place in curiosity and mysticism Mm -hmm. and seeing the value in my tradition like slowly, but I needed to deconstruct to have in your own experience. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's probably the problem with evangelical Christianity oftentimes is like superimposing this experience or or saying, this is, this is my experience. Like uh, an evangelical leader is saying, this is my experience. This is now an experience for everybody. Yeah. Everybody has a different experience. Yeah. You know, everybody has a different encounter. Everybody has something unique to offer. But I and do. And this also is, I think there's something just like so rich and good about this being like this album of, it was top in Christianity today. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and I Check think them. that there's something really faithful about this album. Yeah. Even if it's a breakup album with God, there's so much faith and love invested in it. Well, and they, I think one of the reviews in Christianity said like, he's talking to God the whole album. Right. Like he's, this is just like a lament or a proverb or a psalm or, mm-hmm. you know, um, this should be part of the Christian conversation. I mean, I think that's good on Christianity today. Good to put on it him. on there. Whatever. I hate that, that line. But I don't good. really love that line either. <laughs> I, there is a certain type of person that will say that to me like on Facebook and I like, I get what you're saying. And I like it. They're like, good on you, buddy. Like, All right. Good on you. <laughs> Um, but I mean, honestly, this thought just came to my mind. Uh, probably a lot of it has a, is similar to Enneagram. Like there's an ego that needs to die and there's a certain version of God that needs to die. If you're going to actually encounter yeah. God, Yeah, you know, it's like not that little idol that you've built up in your mind. 
Yeah. You know, totally. and, and and then I think this is why I do I say it again. Like this is why I like less certain, more curious life. It's like if you I mean these are brand new thoughts, but like if you super if you if you juxtapose me listening to this album with the debates, I was so wrapped up and again rigid and panicked and paranoid and angry and stressed about right and wrong. Hmm. Sort of this binary, like somebody prove who's right. And I'm so wrapped up in this rather than just be like, I'm holding it loosely. Guys. The like, debates of like the atheism. Yeah, the atheist versus Christian. This helped you to hold those more loosely? Eventually, but I can tell like back then this, like even now I'm feeling that exposes the lens in which I was approaching my faith. Like who's right? Who has the answers? How do we argue yeah. our way into yeah. a belief? And me being really stressed about it. Like needing to have the the right reasoning in yeah. order to believe it. Not holding yeah. that lightly, you know, not yeah. being so stressed. Like what is, what does our faith ultimately do for us? If it's causing me to walk around the world being like stressed and be like, no, no, oh no. Ah, ah. And now I'm like, can't sleep because somebody like said a different idea about God that I hadn't <laughs> thought of before. And now I'm like, I gotta, th- and I gotta go watch a bunch of YouTube videos to find out if it's true or not. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, I can picture young Scott Gosh. doing this. And so wrapped that's up. That's so funny. And I totally get that. I, and I probably honestly just like got people retro. I, I think back and like pretty wrapped up people in my drama. Like I could see pre- people probably showing up to my house and be like, watch this atheist debate. You know, oh my like, God. Like, why am I watching this? <laughs> also kind of entertaining. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have sent me videos to. Of debates? Of debates. Well, I sent you one of Peter Rollins. Yes. Because that, that to me, disrupted the whole thing. That I know, what, but I'm like, yeah, but you're still out there finding these things. I haven't I haven't done it since. The Peter <laughs> Rollins one ended it. You know? <laughs> that was the end yeah. of it. Because he, he did what I ultimately is my own. I mean, now I have my own long journey of Peter Rollins when we get into, but he ended the whole thing for me. He ended the whole thing. Okay, we have to talk about Dave is on coming to your house. Oh, oh, should that be the finale of this little section? Then we'll do our favorite songs. Then we'll do our favorite songs, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I guess in the midst of all this, I'll post a clip on our Instagram, but like Dave is on still after I guess like 10 years is out here doing these house shows. I know, I know, you know out there on the road. But it was a novel thing at the time. It's like he's coming out with Kershaw Branches and he's like, and now we're going to be doing house shows. So instead of getting a venue, he just goes to fans' mm-hmm. houses and performs there. So the way it would work is like, he would post here. Here's the five. We need five houses in Seattle. And I don't know who was getting in, but you had to, you had to like, you had to text in or like fill out a, a thing very soon to be the first. It's like whoever gets in first. Yeah. And it's like, whenever they're going to announce it, you have to get in. And, um, so I, I got in cause I was like vigilant about watching when these things would pop up and all you have to do is host. You don't pay any money. That's so and then, nice. Uh, and then uh, people pay to come. I think it's like I think as the host uh, out of like 50 guests you get to you get to have 25 of them be your people. You know? And they pay? Yeah, it's like 10 bucks or something though. It's like wow. a cheap. Yeah, I mean, how much would you pay to go to a concert at Numo's here or tr- the Tractor, you know? Probably potentially more. Depends on the artist, Depends I guess. Depends on the artist probably, yeah. I mean, I don't think you're going to pay more than $20 to go to the Tractor. Yeah, that might be true. But it probably depends on the artist. Anyways, um, I don't know how much he makes the house. It's such a cool model. It is. It's so intimate and sweet. And And it sounds like he talks to the people. Oh, he always does. He always says, hey, man, any questions? You know, he's very casual about all that. Did you, like, become friends with him? Oh, (laughs) I mean, 
I probably talked to Dave Azan afterwards for about an hour okay. in my mind, and I was just on cloud nine. I was yeah. having the time of my life. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Dodgers also <laughs> <laughs> saying hello. Dude, <laughs> this is not normal for me and him. Oh. Gosh, Dodger. Goodness. Dodger. It's the witching hour for him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all, long story short, he, he, he was... Um, I mean, honestly, I got I got him to come to my house. Like, I I whatever got in this lottery or whatever, and um, invited my friends, you know, and uh, I I this is I think it's a top five night of my whole life. Like at the time, I can imagine. Yeah, it's a crazy thing. At the time, I would have probably said out of all the music. I mean, I'm I'm a music listener mm-hmm. at the time. He's probably my favorite musician. He's had the biggest impact on my life, and he's coming to my house. You He's know, playing for a small crowd in an yeah. intimate concert with your favorite artist. Yeah. I would die for that. I know. Oh. And then to say, like, to think about this for both of you. Imagine and me. Joanna Newsom coming into oh, your home. Exactly. That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's exactly it. And there was no higher person at that time. And and to think like um to think that like my our vibe both, you and me, is like, oh, listen to this artist. Listen, right. This is this person I like. I'm like, well, actually come for an hour and a half at my house. And hear this artist, everybody, <laughs> yeah. live in front of you. Yeah. Um, everybody's monthly or yearly serving of sadness. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, so he, he performed and then he stayed for about an hour and a half or so afterwards and talked, but, um, it was really fun too. Cause again, at being a youth pastor, there was these two kind of like emo hipster kids from my youth group who had heard about it and wanted to like, and were trying to be super low key and, and had walked down cause I was on lower queen at that time. Mm -hmm. And we're going to sit across the street on the curb and try to pick up sounds from my house, but obviously had not gotten the invite or bought tickets. And I just went out. I was like, you guys, Luke, Nick, you can just come come on in. And they're like, are we allowed? We don't have tickets. I'm like, it's my house. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's not technically on on the contract, but like, yeah, you can come on in. Yeah. And they were just like, loved it. You know, it's so cool. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, that, that can be the finale of this little section, but. It was it was such a great night, but that I guess it just highlights another little of my connection with Dave Bazan and all that. I know it's stuff. so sweet. And before we watched, we started recording this episode. Scott played me, what's priests and priests and paramedics, priests and paramedics, and it's so good. And I just can't imagine being in that room. I mean, the documentary. If you do watch it, which maybe I'm giving it a thumbs, a slightly <laughs> thumbs up, but mostly <laughs> still just even keel, but. <laughs> It shows Dave is on playing at all these house shows, and then it just shows all these shots of people watching, crying and it's just and these like serious, somber crying. Like everybody's just like intensely feeling it. <laughs> it's the You're state just against right there, yeah. like with him. <laughs> There's such an intimacy to those yeah. shows. I still don't understand why he hasn't taken off more because I do feel like those house shows are such genius free promo because especially at that time the reason any of us were even interested in house shows is because all these youtube videos started popping up of him doing the house shows and we're like that's so cool and i know but it's not reaching very many people i know but you think some of those performances on youtube would go viral or something like that i would think you know yeah (laughs) nobody wants to be sad (laughs) (laughs) i'm like doesn't everybody like this i love it i know did most (laughs) of the people that came were they like that was amazing yeah i mean i think people were like feel like they've probably experienced something slightly transcendent. Yeah. What, you yeah. Know. Um, yeah. He just gets you in that space. Yeah. It's really cool. Boy, I can't oh believe boy. That. I can't believe that. Um, 
Do you, do you want to say anything more about Curse Your Branches? Do you want to say anything about that album? Say anything. No, I mean, I mean now lot, I still listen to it. I mean, it, it is, we talked a bit about this. Like, it's a nostalgic album. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. it, in itself, it's maybe his, I don't know if it's his best album, but I feel like it's, and it's also because it's my first album of Dave Bazan, David, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I... I have like heavy nostalgia slash I was playing it in the house recently because I was getting ready for this. And even Ruben was like, oh, Macy, this reminds me of the times because uh. I was really depressed for like three months. Oh. And I listened to Dave Bazan as one of the many artists I listened yeah. to during that time. And Ruben was like, it makes me think of when you were really sad. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, Ruben, me yeah, too. Yeah, you're different than me, of course. <laughs> but me, me, that could be the five four thing of like, I'm I've never been in jeopardy of going full dark. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, and it always sounds like you really are on the precipice, or or you do go full dark. You know. And Whatever we mean by re- that. Reemerge, you know, but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean the way you describe like being on a plane and being like that was too much. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I've never had that. Like listening to music? Yeah. I mean, I've gone dark in the sense of like, wow, I really experienced something, but I can come right back and be like, oh, no. 30 minutes later, I'm back. I'm no, I could accidentally listen to something or and just feel something. It will set you off for a few days or a week or yeah. a month or three <laughs> years. <laughs> Depends. Yeah, but it definitely can. Yeah. It can become an inexperience. I mean, again, so. I think that might be a, a, a side quick Enneagram conversation that that could be a difference between a heart and a head type. Like this stuff that was going on in me, I think was addressing my heart, Mm -hmm. but it was attacking my head first. That's why I was watching all those debates. I was like, what is faith? Is Christianity real? Is this right? For me, it was mostly my heart. And then I would like the intellectual thing would come around, but it was like, but if I don't believe it, I don't believe it. Right. Right. It's just not there. Yeah. It's just, I can't muster and I can't. And this is why I freaking love Dave is honest. He's like, I'm not going to pretend that it's there. Mm-hmm. And then he'll like talk slash sing about the not pretending that it's there. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he often is getting at like this idea of faking it and like always into self interrogating if he's faking it. And I'm like, me too. Yeah. All the time. All, yeah. the, all the time. I mean, just to say, I guess... After that, he, he came out with another album shortly after that. And I think as David Bazzani, he's come out with four albums. Mm-hmm. And it was a great next step because it's another great line that I think I shared this song with you. But he says, and when you find the truth, you start to tell it all the time. And when it gets you into, into trouble, you discover you don't mind. Yeah. Um, and then he says, and when you love the truth so much, um, oh, he has such a great line about the truth. <laughs> what is uh, it? <laughs> no, I want to look it up. I don't. I don't remember it perfectly. You could go find the song and then just insert the song. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I mean, after the breakup with God album, I think he was moving on to other things. So in his personal albums, I mean, that got brought up every once in a while, but it wasn't like the focal point of the album. But he still had these great lines, and this was like one of those ones that really kind of started to help me move on. He says, when you love the truth enough, you start to tell it all the time. And when it gets you into trouble, you discover you don't mind. Because if it's good, it's finally going to trump. 
then man, you got to take stock and you got to tape your limbs. And he goes, um, wait, where is it? The the big line I like. Oh yeah, here it goes. Um, oh, he says, uh, but don't budge until you until the truth you found begins to change, and it does. I know. Hmm. So. It doesn't sound as cool when you just read it. Like when it's in a song, it sounds better. <laughs> we'll have to play it. You should add it as the song in <laughs> there. Or I like that. I'll add it. I'll add the song. Um, but that was a great next step. I was like, that song. Because, I, I mean, this song was a great next step because it was like not addressing faith, but it was a, it was a next step of addressing something fairly profound. Yeah. Because he says, <laughs> just, maybe I'll add the lyrics. I'm either going to be reading what I'm about to read or you're about to hear a song. <laughs> but he says, when I was young, and he does it in that deep, sad voice. Yeah. When I was young, I saw people helping people all the time. It's kind of like his optimistic rose-colored glasses lens. Because you were people helping people in your prime. Maybe he's talking about his mom. Yeah. I thought that people loving people was the norm because you were people loving people before the long, dark storm. Hmm. So I think he, I think he might be talking about his mom, and then he says, or humanity, and says, but now you're selfish and mean, your eyes glued to a screen, and what titillates you is depraved and or obscene. himself maybe, and I know that it's dangerous to judge, but man, you got to find the truth, and when you find the truth, don't budge until the truth you found begins to change, and it does. I know. Hmm. Um. And then and then these great lines, he says, I want to know who <laughs> I, I just relate to this. These lines. I want to know who are all these people. Their sins or their fall, and who are these people? Well, if I'm honest with myself, at all these, all these people are my people. Man, what else can I say? You are all my people. We're the same in so many ways. Hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff, Dave is on. I know he gets you. He hits you hard. <sighs> we're gonna pick up our buddy. Yep, you guys. We're <laughs> gonna end this section. Me and Scar are gonna go and pick up Ruben and bring him back to this house for a rubination because Ruben bam. also loves Dapazon. And then we'll share our top five and call it a night. Yep. Okay. Okay. Go. Bye. God bless the man who stumbles. God bless the man who falls. God bless the man who yields to temptation. I'm recording. <laughs> okay, we All right, have, we pick up we picked up Reuven and we're back, everybody. We left the house to pick up Reuven and now we typically record at Macy and Reuven's house, but now we're at my house. Mm-hmm. We had to drive to get Reuven and here he is. It's very nice. Also, Google wash your hand sinks in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also recommendation yeah. from recommendation. Reuven. It's a fun 
a fun, fun video about washing your hands. All right. So, Ruben, are we in for a Rubenation, a poem, a, a thoughts on an album? It's kind of like I'm not reading a poem, but I, there's I'm going to read something. But um, mm. I think it's going to be a mixture of all three. Perfect. That's what I thought. Not touch my face. Um, <laughs> yeah, for those of you that aren't in Washington, we're at like ground zero. Not ground zero, but... We are coronavirus central here. We are. We're in the news. Yeah, I think we're washing of, our hands every five minutes. Yeah. Part of why uh, it kind of—I've been listening to Pedro the Lion, uh, Pedro the Lion. Pedro? I think it's Pedro. 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 Pedro the Lion, and Dave Bazan's just because, like, you know what? I'm. It's kind of like, you know, this. Everyone's kind of like mildly panicking, <laughs> like simmering a little bit, and it definitely. Gets, gets to gets me. You, gets you in that zone, yeah. Yeah, and especially <laughs> like um, <laughs> the thing that the, the big thing is I've been, you know, I'm, I teach, right? I have uh, some students, and you know, like having holding class uh, yesterday, I was just kind of like, and you know, they're wrapping up doing their final assignment, and I was like, I wish I could just cancel this assignment. Mm-hmm. Does everybody stay home? Yeah, I just snow I just, day. Yeah, just like <laughs> well, this is go 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 roll down the hills. Yeah, go home. <laughs> Sleep. Yeah. I, you know, if I could, I would just cancel this assignment. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, not that I can't technically, but they're kind of like in the midst of it already. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to kind of, yeah. But any of my students listening to this, you know how I feel now. (laughs) (laughs) I might have actually told them that. Mm. Yeah. So do you promote no small thing in your classrooms? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) It would be really random if they were like, I was listening to this podcast and I think that person is my my professor. (laughs) Not a professor, but um, TA. Uh, Not even a TA. I'm an instructor. Okay. (laughs) Instructor. Is that, is that a higher up than a TA? Well, um, just different. Yeah, it's different. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay, so I've been listening to some uh, Pedro the Lion, Pedro the Lion, uh, <laughs> especially that album, um, Winners Never Quit. Yeah, it's good that you're even saying that because we haven't really discussed that album. I know, and I haven't really mm-hmm. listened to that album, so bad fan. It takes you on a big journey mm-hmm. with a big emo conclusion. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I'm glad that you already kind of introduced <laughs> me to the album, like to the plot in the album like yeah. long before I yeah. started listening to the album but just listening to it I was there's something about Dave Bazan's voice mm-hmm. which I think is uh, very non theatrical mm-hmm. in a way that you can have uh, I'll just use my favorite example like Maria Callas right? <laughs> my, like, you, surprise, know, you, you admire her for kind of like being able to embody the character she inhabits, yeah. right? Yeah. And part of that is part of the job description. She's doing opera. But something about Dave Bazan, I was just like, <laughs> when I was listening to Winners Never Quit, I feel like he sounds the same throughout every Oh, yeah. For oh, every yeah. character, it's oh, like yeah, this yeah. monotone oh, voice. I'm not going to do a Dave <laughs> Bazan Watch the, the chord. So uh, but, but there was something about it that that makes the... the the story is kind of counterintuitive, but makes it more touching because, like, it seems like it's being sung from like only one specific point of time, mm. and there's he has this kind of like resilience, I think, in in the timber of his voice. I don't know if I'm just pro- projecting or mm-hmm. not. That uh, that just 
seems like whatever story he's telling, whether it's kind of like, you know, going to grandma's house to like, not a spoiler, right? Like, <laughs> like someone murdering his <laughs> wife and yeah, then yeah. kind of like, yeah. you know, like him kind of like finding a little glimmer of kind of like hope at mm. the end. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of like, oh, <laughs> and there's something about that that's kind of like, you know, like it's like this kind of like tough, oaky kind of like oaky oaky, oaky kind a of good description i said syrupy earlier timber i like oaky that, uh oh timber timber <laughs> tambra i don't know um timber 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 yeah. that's the word okay timber that's what i was aiming for <laughs> that would not me, pedro 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 <laughs> that to me was i think what what i really found kind of like you know Kind of reassuring to listen to mm. in this kind of, in this, in the in midst of the economy. feeling, in this, yeah, in yeah. this kind oh. of like feeling of like uncertainty. The world feels. I mean, it's also we're in the midst of also like this intense, what political system mm-hmm. right now? We're right mm-hmm. in the middle of like an election season mm-hmm. yeah. with the spread of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Everything feels mm-hmm. like pressure. Yeah. Well, I'm really stressed too because I was really hoping for Mike Bloomberg to. Be president. <laughs> really? So, no, I'm totally <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I want to see Ruben's reaction. I said that. <laughs> uh, you were trying to be generous right yeah. there. You're like, okay, oh, well. Oh. <laughs> like kicking you yeah. under the table. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I think people were saying like 2020 is going to be an ugly year. It's, uh, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I don't, I can't, even, I'm not even a part of, I'm, n- I'm not their constituent. You know, yeah, I'm not right, an American right. citizen. No. <laughs> um, and when people said, like, the 2020 is going to be ugly, like, I don't think anyone was kind of like, and there's going to be a global pandemic on top of it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we weren't ready for that. We were thinking yeah. about other things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, going back to, to music, right, it's all, he's kind of, like, almost singing from the point of, like, whatever, like, he's, like, singing from the point of, like, whatever bad things have happened can happen like the worst has happened to me mm-hmm. so that's kind of like where i kind of detect the, yeah. the affect of the monotone kind of like the oaky color mm, man and this is some good descriptors another thing that <laughs> another musical figure that i've kind of like been finding myself turning to is beethoven oh right, right i know right. that's like not like you're kind of like, uh, Pedro the Lion, like, uh, you know, needs more recognition. Beethoven doesn't need more recognition. Uh, but, and it's not even his, uh, it, and it's specifically his his late string quartets. Okay. So, I mean, everyone knows the kind of like, almost like cliched, like, da-da-da-da, or like, yes. you know, like, Ode to Joy. Beethoven's fifth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or like even, yeah, his kind of, I'm not good at singing. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it in my head. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, even his kind of, like, concertos, right? And he's, I mean, <laughs> rightly famous right. for these great works. But but people who are kind of like, oh, like, I know music, you know, like, will always tell you, like, it's his late string quartets. Do, but do you know Beethoven's late string, string quartets? quartets? Yeah. <laughs> And and what's what's amazing is that I can play for Elise on the piano. Yeah. Are you impressed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard about his late string <laughs> <laughs> Uh And especially like number fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. And mm. I never really kind of like 
re-listen to them because I would kind of like listen to them and it's like, this is kind of boring. Like there's not that kind of like catchy, you know, that Be- Beethoven kind of sense of... You think of Beethoven as being kind of like this, you know, the struggle is overcoming. Yeah. His stri- late string quartets, especially the number 14 or 15, are long. Mm. They are like unconventionally structured. How long? Well, I mean, like... Um, I don't know, like, how long exactly. Like, 20 minutes or something? or Well, there was a movement, yeah. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In the 14 quartet, like, the, the, the uh, it might be the third movement. Don't come at me. Come at me. Uh, at Reuven. At <laughs> <Right>. Emperor's New Group. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, I don't know, like, 14 minutes okay. or something, 15 minutes. But, um, and the one that I've kind of, like, been hooked on is, like, the third movement of his uh, 15th. String quartet. I think it's like Opus 132 or something. Jeez. Um, Off the top of the head, folks. (laughs) (laughs) I totally did not just look that up. (laughs) You didn't. I've been looking things up up all night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the, the, that's like the longest uh, of the, uh, of, of the movement. There are four movements, I think five movements. Mm -hmm. It's like the middle and it's Beethoven wrote it specifically after like having like almost like a a season of like illness. Yeah. Mm. So it is, he kind of like, he <coughs> wrote it down the score. This is kind of like in the, you know, it's kind of like giving thanks, like the convalescent, mm. like mm. someone who's like recovering from an illness. And it is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it is, ha- and it is this, It is almost this kind of like has this prayer like quality, hmm. but also I think it's because it's a quartet. You know, like if you listen to a symphony, it's kind of like a big sounds, right? You listen to a concerto, it's kind of easy because you can, not easy in easy in the sense of like there's a virtuoso mm-hmm. who's going to get your attention. Sing quartet is harder to listen to because those are like f- you know four voices, mm-hmm. right? And they're kind of like kind of like doing things off each other, right? So there's like not really one thing to, one line to listen to, right? Uh, so there is kind of like, it's, it's. but if you listen to it... Uh, you have to make sure you send me something to put in here because it would be have a nice that little would be Beethoven nice. clip. Uh, yeah. But that's the thing. I think I don't think you can get it from like just listening to a little bit. It's like the so whole, you have to listen to the whole thing. But at least somebody I would get a taste, that. a little taste. Okay, I'll see. Not okay. right now. You don't have to send it now. Send, no, send it uh, between now and Sunday. But you have, <laughs> but, a, you have something to read. But I have something to read. Okay. Uh, uh, and it, it is kind of a term, a term in, in kind of like, I think maybe music, maybe in other things, like, you know, someone's late works. Mm-hmm. Right? These are things that... Uh, so I remember reading this short essay by Theodore Adorno. Who's Man, a, we're going all over the place. Dave Bazan, Theodore Adorno, <laughs> Beethoven. Who's, who's a... Musicologist, but also a philosopher. He was very big. Uh, he's he's uh, uh, German. He he's Jewish, so he immigrated to the United States. Emigrated. United Pedro States, Pedro <laughs> during the uh, you know World War Two, uh, and he wrote he wrote a short essay for on 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 the late style in Beethoven, mm. and he's um, he's famously dense. But his kind of like main argument is that. 
you know, when people think of uh, someone's late work, usually they think of it as kind of like, I'm about to die, right? No pre- pretense. Here this we go. This is like my uh, like authentic mm-hmm. feeling. But he's saying that... Uh, Mozart's Requiem. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. But that uh, Beethoven is doing something different. So I'm going to read a little bit of what he said about Here we uh, go. What it, what's, what's going on in Beethoven's late works, including his, his 15th wow. string quartet. So this is what he said. His late work still remains process, but not as development, rather as a catching fire between the extremes, which no longer allow for any secure middle ground or harmony of spontaneity. Between extremes in the most precise technical sense. On the one hand, the monophony, the unisono of the significant mere phrase. On the other hand, on the other, the polyphony, which rises above it without mediation. It is subjectivity that forcibly brings the extremes together in the moments, fills the dense polyphony with its tensions, breaks it apart with the unisono, and disengages itself, leaving the naked tone behind sets the mere phrase as a monument to what has been, marking a subjectivity turned to stone. In the history of art, late works are the catastrophes. Hmm. Right. Hmm. So, it kind of, if you will allow me for a little bit longer. I, w- I will. We will. We you will. are allowed. <laughs> Is this idea that the forms that kind of Beethoven uses in his late music, right? They are, he, he uses these fragments of these kind of like both very simple forms, right? What he's talking about, like the unisono, right? Just mm-hmm. kind of like this one melody. Right. 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 <laughs> like I know like, these things. Like, like <laughs> monophony, right? Just mono, just like <laughs> <Right>. one. <laughs> and the polyphony, which is kind of like... <laughs> You know these terms. <laughs> I don't know any of these you terms. Know. I do. I was a. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I was a music person growing up. I do not know a single one of these terms, but that's fine. It's kind of like this polyphony. So you have like different musical lines, mm-hmm. kind of like combining together. Okay. Right. And and it, it's almost like he is not interested in kind of saying all those experiments are futile. Now it is like my the you know the real Beethoven. Now that I'm about to die. No, it's almost kind of like he's, you know, b- he's bidding farewell to all these forms that have served him, hmm. right? And, you know, when you think about someone having a form of life, right? I know we've, this is already kind of haphazard, I mean, but shout out to Giorgio Agamben, <laughs> Italian philosopher, who... Talk about the form <laughs> of life. This is the most moving stream of consciousness. <laughs> but uh, this idea that there is no life, you cannot just separate life from, from the form that it takes. Right? Yeah. So you need to care for the form, right? There is no kind of like, oh, oh like you're sick right now. Yeah, but you got to transcend it though. Then, then, mm. then you, ha- you live a life, right? But this idea that, that the, the form itself, right? The form itself, a sick person, a depressed person, a sad person, right? That's 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 it, right? You d- don't like, yeah, yeah. But let me like peel back like the soul. Kind of, no, no, no. Like the 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 form, hmm. like the the person, right? So, in kind of like this, and that's what I what you know you see in Beethoven's music too. Like these late string quartets is like 
maybe it's maybe it's not catchy. There's no kind of like tune you can sing, but it's there's something, there's something kind of just there, right? So what? How do you? What does it mean to? I don't want to say value because that kind of. But how 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 is something just there and you're with that thing, and you are that thing? Hmm. <sighs> this is really good. I mean, I have I'm responses and thoughts. I mean, what, I don't want to drag it on too long. But I'll say one response to have, yeah. have you saying in terms of like even what we're doing with Dave Bazan and I in terms of appreciating art is that there may be limits to this, but maybe there shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. What are you willing to do to create space and patience in your own spirit for what the artist is trying to tell mm-hmm. you? And maybe they're not trying to dazzle you or impress you mm-hmm. or move you or get a huge dopamine hit. They're trying to tell say something else entirely. Mm-hmm. So Beethoven isn't giving like the easy, catchy... Mm-hmm. Um, thing that you can latch on to, but say, trying to say something nevertheless. And are you willing to listen? Yeah. And I think, you know, I, you know, I was kind of, tr- I don't think I would be, I would not get it, but I, I don't think I would be, I would have been directed to these things mm-hmm. had I not been in this headspace where I'm kind of like, I don't know, health, sickness, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of paranoid. You We're all there. We're all par- yeah. paranoid. And I'm not as paranoid not as Ruben. Yeah. Maybe Ruben, out of, I'm medium paranoid. Macy's less. Ruben's most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm least. I'm pandemic. less paranoid, more feeling like I need to be responsible. Someday I want Macy and Ruben to watch The Wire with me. <laughs> and <laughs> the drug dealers in The Wire are always coming up with different names for the drugs they're selling. Mm-hmm. And for a, like a whole season, it's called Pandemic. And they're all on the corners going pandemic got that pandemic pandemic where's <laughs> <laughs> yelling at yeah everybody says i'm like the wire pandemic yeah. warheads got those warheads <laughs> so there it is go yeah. listen to <laughs> that's the main point of that's this it's a, point it's a plug for beethoven it's a plug for beethoven <laughs> an upcoming artist ludwig van beethoven <laughs> These were really good thoughts. Thank uh, you, Ruben. Okay, thank you. We Ryan. love you. Uh, so good. All right, well, let's let's get right into it. Get right we're into it. Our it top up. five songs, each of us. Here we go. Whoo, whoo, bam, 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 bam. I think bam. I should. We should go each going back and forth, back and forth. But I should start because <laughs> I feel like you okay. should have the last one. Okay. I want the last. I have say. my list. I okay. have my list. Are we gonna do guesses? Probably not. I can do some guesses for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think my number five is? Oh, I would know your top three probably. I, I probably know your number one. I think you know my number one probably. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, my number five is I Never Wanted To. I Never Wanted To. Dun, it's from dun, Headphones, dun. which is yeah. like another Dave So Bazaar glad we project. listened to that. I'm so glad we listened. Yeah. And this, I want to say honorable mention I this is the only song I'll name from this album, but uh, from that album also "Natural Disaster" and "Slow Car Crash" are so freaking good. good. Right? And I just like the vibe of that whole album. I never wanted to. I like kind of hate this song, <laughs> <laughs> but I also kind of love it. And we were listening to it even just driving back, and I think he gets that. Like, Dave Bazan reaches this part of me that I find so reassuring of like. He wants to go 
Like he wants to say the cringy thing mm-hmm. that's like in the back of your mind the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to have this space to like approach it and give it air. Mm-hmm. And I've honestly, we've been listening to Dave is on the past month and I don't know. I think it's been good. I think it's been good for me in my particular season of life. <laughs> you can be choosy what you listen to, too. You don't have to go to the darkest ones. No, but I don't even think this is one of the darkest ones. Right. That's my point. Yeah. No, I think, I don't know. I think without saying too many things, Dave Bazan speaks a lot about don't God. Don't say but too many. Dave Bazan speaks a lot. Dave Bazan speaks a lot about God, but he also speaks about relationships. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently like in my first big relationship. And so I'm feeling a lot of things mm-hmm. and feeling really existential about it. So right. it's, it's like very nice having this partner with me. I know it's, it's the new beast. <laughs> so like I'm finding those songs where Dave is talking about and being really Night honest Jack. with his relationships that I am actually right now the most like, Oh gosh, this one is getting me. Mm. So that's my number five. And we didn't even. We could even play some of these clips. D- yeah, headphones. It's was so a nice. Good. It was right in the middle of the Pedro day, so it wasn't even like he had done his solo thing. Like he was just like oh. trying to find a way to express himself in some other ways and not necessarily deal with the Christian it's stuff. It's Cynthia Dave Bazan. Mm-hmm. Like and it it's was got... before Curse Your Branches. Oh, I mm-hmm. don't even think I realized that. Mm-hmm. I really like the vibe of that album. Like it makes me feel like boppy. Yeah. But like. And it's I think, still Dave Bazan. I think that was still in his four space. Like, it was really low-key underground. Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't like, I'm headphones now. It was like, right. I think he came out with another album, but you had to really search for it, you know? Yeah. I like that. He didn't that. make it easy for you, ever. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, people be like, oh, you like Pedro Line? if you have headphones? And you're like, is that Dave Bazan? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, where do I get it? Oh, it's not an easy street. You know, it's like, where do you get these? Freaking, it's like not I know. streamable. It's like Phoebe. Bridger, mm-hmm. she's like, have you heard of like Boy Genius? Yeah, have you what? heard of She's not out here advertising <laughs> it. Yeah. I mean it's a little bit like chance in the early days. It's like you hear about chance and it's like, can you download it? It's like where? Yeah. It's not streaming. Uh okay. That's a good one. I mean, I think ugh, we don't want to get too caught up, but like this is what I want to say to people. This is what I want to say to people. And the, Kanye was channeling this for a while. Say it out loud. Say it out loud just to see how it feels. Yeah. It's so cathartic. I, I, I just get so sad and scared that like we're going to die without saying certain things. Uh, which is, I mean, he <laughs> says this sentiment so many times and I feel this. Mm-hmm. And it's this like self-interrogation part. But it's like this line I never wanted to. Maybe I've been faking the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. Like, I don't know. And I ask myself that every <laughs> freaking day. Am I faking? Like, and all of this. Know, like, I all know. of it. I know. That's why we like to talk about defense mechanisms. <laughs> I, I know. It's like... Um, Am I faking our friendship? Yeah. I think about that. Am I faking our friendship? Is everything oh, fake? Is any, my like, heart is starts any of racing. it real? Just, <laughs> let's have a whole episode about that. Because let's make some space for those thoughts. Right. What, what, but, like... I don't know if I ever wanted this. (laughs) I I actually don't know because that's the thing is life goes by so fast and then all of a sudden you're doing things and you're like, did I want to be doing this? Somebody proposed a podcast. Matthew had us meet at Ladro. Here we are. I do want to be doing this. And that's the thing that I ultimately love about a song like this is because it gives you the space to be like, maybe I've been faking the whole time. And you can explore that and maybe learn some things, but then also have that space and then you can be like, 
but I also maybe I do want. I think I, I think look at the person's actions, and I've thought about that a lot with you, honestly. Like, um, <laughs> you and I talked to each other last night on the phone, you know, and in the back of my mind, when you picked up, I'm like, oh, I should give Macy space. Like, Macy just got home from work. In the back of my mind, I'm like, Macy's on the phone with you. Macy picked up. Macy chose to be so, in this. Yeah. You know, and so you can say, oh, let me share some cringy, honest thoughts. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But look, I'm here. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, that's something. Yeah. You know, I choose to be here. No, I think that's true. It's also like, is part of life also? Like, <sighs> <laughs> You can't be all in everything all the time. Mm -hmm. And you can have these different, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say necessarily, but I think. Beethoven's later symphonies. Beethoven. (laughs) Yeah. Concertos? What are we There's my five. There's my five. I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) That's a good one. See, we could get hung up on these. I know. Okay. um, I don't even know. I I couldn't guess your top five. uh, This is. So my number five, none of these will surprise you. You know these songs. But my number five is uh, Quietest Friend. Ooh, that's a good song. Yeah, it's from Phoenix. And it's a, it's a, just another one of Dave's Bazan songs, Meeting Me Where I'm At. Mm-hmm. Like, um, My interpretation of the song is that he's singing to a part of himself that he chose to turn his back on when he was yeah. like in the fifth grade, essentially. Yeah. and It's, it's a good song. Yeah, it's taken him like 30 years. And I had a big emo for car ride last year uh, on my way to my annual retreat with my friends where I probably listened to that song like eight times in a row. And, and That's, I feel like, kind of rare for you. I know, it was. I was like, let's keep going. Let's see how much it goes. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'll listen again. Cry it again. Let's listen again. I was like, let's get out of my system because it was so rare. And it's like, it's like an hour and I'm still crying about this song. Oh, you know? that's good. Um, that's good processing. It was. It really was. And then played it for my friends and cried again. And But it was really sweet. Like, I, I listened to it recently and I was like, I mean, the, what I was relating to was a sense of betrayal. Like mm. I betrayed myself. Mm. I listened to it again and I was like, I'm not feeling like I've betrayed myself these days. Mm. Like I'm feeling nice. more authentic. That's but at the time sweet. I was feeling like a total sellout. I was thinking of like my oh, my my fifth grade or sixth grade self just looking at me and be like, you. You fool. Yeah, what are you doing? What are you up to? Which yeah. I think like a year ago, this makes sense why you'd be in that space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was listening to it and be like, this is a good song. I'm not feeling that way now, currently. Yeah. But anybody could at any moment, you know. But it's a it's a genius, classic Dave Bazan song, mm-hmm. you know. Gets you in the spot. Yeah. Okay. That's my number five. Uh-oh. <laughs> Coronavirus. Incoming coronavirus. <laughs> okay, okay, what's your next? What's your number four? My number four is hard to be. Hard <laughs> to had, be. I had to put it on there. Hard it's my first Dave Bazan song that I listened to. Yeah. And it's Ooh. just so good. Like every single line in that song is precise mm-hmm. and perfect and gets it. And we listened to it also at one of these breaks, and it just the long intro and the long outro and the slowness of it and the like precision. We, we like precision. people that take their time. Take their time. Yeah. I'm like, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding, yeah. You know? yeah. Oh. <laughs> there goes my notebook. So that one totally had to be in there. And I feel like at some point we should play some of that song mm. in this episode. That I feel like right is, here. I mean, the, this is when we would do it's it. the most popular 
song. Is it? Is it? By Dave is on. I think so. Like on my oh. iTunes or on my Apple Music, it shows up as like the first one. Whoa. Didn't I know, know that. People like it. Makes You've sense. heard the story. Yeah. I think. Oh, I have so many thoughts about that. But like. Also, I just think it speaks to this idea of. I don't know how many times you've had this experience. I know we've talked about this before, but it's like you sit somebody down like that and it's it's like people are definitely trained to like when the lyrics come on, at least people that know me are like, okay, the lyrics are on, so let me listen. Mm-hmm. But like something like that intro, dun, 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 it's like it's like almost borderline two minutes. Yeah. You I, have to listen to yeah, it. Yeah, I've had so many opportunities or moments where I've tried to play this album for people in my car in those days, like 12 years ago, 15 years ago, and I was going through it. And it starts, and right away they start talking because there's no words. So anyways, how are you doing? I'm like, wait, no, no. Mm-mm. I'm trying to play you a song. <laughs> Listen, like, if you don't get this emotional buildup to when the lyrics come, you're going to miss it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you need it. You need that, those two minutes, and it takes it. you somewhere. Oh, gosh. We could talk about each one of these songs forever. Okay, what's your number four? Um. Oh, this is my four, huh? Okay, so my number four is definitely Priests and Paramedics. Oh. So we've already listened to that tonight. God. And I think, honestly... I up, wa- that's an honorable mention, I feel like, at this point. Up until that point, everybody... I'll post this on our Instagram or something, but... Yeah. When, I know, I know. When <laughs> when um, when he did his house show at my house, he, he opened with a song. And it's his... I think it's his most critically acclaimed album. It's called Control. And I went and saw him perform this at um, the Neptune. Gosh, I can't believe that. So fun. I really like that album. Yeah. And I thought this was a great song. I was like, yeah, Priest and Paramedics, I get it. I listen. I I understand what's going on. I I have it down. Mm -hmm. But to hear him do this slowed down, extra depressive version. So raw. So real. It just became special to me now. I hear that. I hear the faster. I had, a, I had an experience when you showed it to yeah. me just now. I was yeah. like, oh my oh, gosh. this song. I can only imagine being in the room. Yeah, it was electric. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's like another quintessential Dave Bazan. Like, it's two it's two parts. It's like he's he's got this character of the priest mm-hmm. that I'm relating to and we're all relating to. It's like I have to stand up and hold the faith of this entire group of people who are grieving. Mm-hmm. And I don't have it in me anymore. And so I'm going to give voice to that. But yeah. you're also Dave Bazan, and you're also in the room with him. And you're also <laughs> having an explosion of truth. Right. Like, if the main existential dilemma is we're all avoiding death. Right. It's like somebody's going to literally just scream out in the space, you're going to die. You're going to die. We're all going to die. <laughs> you're like... Oh, oh my god! And you're like, you sit there. I'm like, why did you write a song about this? I'm so glad you did. But when you sat down, were you like, I'm gonna do a premise where these people die, and, and like, it's gonna build up to this great emotional payoff? Yeah. You know, you know it's death. Who? Beethoven. <laughs> Everybody, Beethoven's dead. Don't forget. Oh Never forget. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So yeah, I mean that. I think because Elisha has a special place in my heart. It's a great song, regardless. But like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that my four? That was your okay, four. Yeah. Okay, my number three. I literally heard my number three yesterday for the first time. So, like, guys, <laughs> this is me. I'm, like, out here trying to learn all the Dave Bazan songs. But I just want to say some of these lines, and you know what it is then. It's you know in what? our lives. It's yeah. in our lives. And it's Which just- is really cool because this is still what I love about this. Is like, I sent you that as a fluke. I'm like, I think Macy would also like in our lives. But I thought you were going to co- connect with Disappearing Ink a little better. No. 
No, this yeah. one got me. I listened to it, and the first time I listened to it was on my headphones, and I was walking home from PCC, and I went, I, Uh-oh. I was like, Uh-oh. no, because this is my first, like, this is my reaction with him, but it, it got me in like a really sweet way. Mm, yeah. Um, gosh, this line that without a word you make me, you make coffee for us both. Without thinking, I sat down and made a joke, and because it's Dave on, I'm like. What's about to happen, you know? And I'm like, oh, I know this headspace of overthinking it and mm-hmm. like undermining everything. And says the way you laughed at me threw off a little spark in an instant. I remembered who we are. Oh, it's so good. And it's just like, oh, it got me. It gets me so much. And I think I, I live in this world of needing to doubt. And the word interrogate has come up a lot for me. Like I need to interrogate so many things, but it's like, And then there's these moments that just like hit you and remind you like, oh, what's happening right now is really sweet and fine and it doesn't need that, you know? Yeah, maybe you and I both relate to that. If I'm married to a nine and you're with a a two, um, something about this like being in the moment, like maybe that's sometimes how both you and I get tripped up sometimes is like neither one of us can stop interrogating. Yeah. And it's like somebody just goes, "A a joke. Just lighthearted, nice, you know, <laughs> and and that that's such a great line. It reminds us who we are. It like, reminds us who we are. This I know. couple, like, yeah, we 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 enjoy each other. <laughs> Life, I know, you know? I know. It's like it seems so <laughs> obvious, but partially because it's Dave Vazan and like mm-hmm. the way it's being presented, and then the like these like tragic yet hopeful and sweet come ons mm-hmm. that come in the middle. Come it's on, so good. Come on. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And especially after I've been listening coaxing to, you out. Come I've on. never wanted to. And I've been in these sad states. I'm like, this is good. This <laughs> is really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's also this like this. We might betray our inner lives. Mm. You mean that line? I'm this. He's gotten me in touch with my own. Like paying attention to not betraying myself Mm. and I'm always so scared I'm going to betray myself, but it's like, how could I betray myself? You know, know. it's, it's this weird tension we, I hold, (laughs) but I, I don't know, self-sabotaging over here sometimes. That's why I do think this podcast is about this and we're on the journey, but like I was honestly, no surprise here, a meme of my own self, but listening to Peter Rollins podcast today and Mm -hmm. they were talking about coded messages but it's like we were talking about when I interviewed Peter on this podcast, we we're talking about parapraxis. And yeah. It's essentially saying like you can set up some structures and some agreements with the friends in your life where it's like you can't self-diagnose, honestly, at the end of the day. Like you can't find your trouble spots. You need right. somebody you to need point them out. You need people to help point them out. So if sure. you say, I'm giving you permission, like if I'm saying, oh, this, this, and this, and you're like, Maybe it's actually what you mean to say is because of this and you point some things out about me and my ulterior motives and my, and I go, whoa, mm-hmm. maybe you're right. Mm-hmm. But I don't go, oh, I don't get defensive. And um, he was just giving his listeners today some tips on how to do that. And But a lot of uh, friends and relationships aren't set up that way, you know, and yeah. most people don't want you pointing things out about them. I know. And we're kind of, because of the friendship we have, we're like... Let me tell you these crazy things. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes they can go awry, but yeah, man, yeah, the inner lives. I know. You want to talk? That's about funny it. that that was one you didn't think I'd connect with as much. 
I, I mean, it makes sense that you did, but I sent it as a side note. I was like, I know. Disappearing Eagle is the main one, I thought. And then I was like, I think Macy would also like. There's something the about the vibe of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gets me. I can see it for sure. It doesn't surprise me. Okay. You're that number was three. three? Um, let's see. I have them just written, but I know the order in my brain. Um, oh, gosh. I took like. Oh, no. I feel like Siri took some notes on this little... Am I on number three? You're on number three. Oh, my gosh. Okay, okay, okay. I got I got it. I got it back. I think Siri wrote some notes down for me <laughs> here. Um, okay, number three for me is slow car crash. Oh, it's so yeah. good. It's so good. That's a headphones song, everybody. Um, to me, to me, it's like Dave Bazan and... David Bazan and Pedro DeLine and Headphones isn't like this sort of national recognized brand. And I think a song like Slow Car Crash deserves to be like what we said, like picked apart and studied. And like, yeah. what did he do here? I mean, it's... you you get swallowed up. That song, that song, that song puts me in like a weighted blanket. I mean, just for people listening, it literally is the story of us. Like it's, a slow car crash. Yeah. That's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then and and you feel it. You feel like you're in it. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Just put anybody you care about in the passenger seat next to you. And this idea that I I've I guess is a married person, but you any any this is me. This is me. Um I've always thought about like arguments and pettiness. And this song brings up this idea of like or all this questioning, this existential questioning. Mhm. I never loved you. I never wanted you in our lives. And then all of a sudden the moment comes and you're like, holy shit, I love you. Right. I have to say it. Yeah. That's such a crazy feeling. Forget all the questioning. Like when they And it's so obvious. And it's so obvious. (laughs) Like gosh, like it's it's a powerful song. I have to I and it's like this desperate thing of like, sorry for all the questioning. (laughs) I have to let you know. I love you yeah. right now. You yeah. Know? Uh. In this exact moment. It pay, it puts you in like, it, it has a way of making you to feel like it's actually happening to you mm-hmm. or could happen to you at any second. We're all going to yeah. die. <laughs> there has been points like that. I mean, it happened in our little conflict recently where it's like, yeah, we're getting into this conflict. We're getting in the weeds of this conflict, but like, Let's take a step back. The main thing I have to have you know is I care about you. Like, right? I mean, like none of this other stuff matters. Yeah, you know? like it's the meat of it. Yeah. Ooh, slow car crash, everybody. Take a look at that. It's on an album called Headphones. It's good. You should just listen to Headphones, everybody. Yeah. I feel like Headphones is maybe the best album. It's a good one. It got me super nostalgic. Um. Okay. Is it my turn? Yep. Yep. Um, number two. Number two. Coming in. Do you have any guesses? What you have two left. So you far? have two left. Oh. Oh, 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 It's oh, okay. Oh. No, no, no. I have guesses. I, I think I know it. Um. I feel like, well, I, this might give it, it away. Is it from a Pedro album? It's from a Pedro album. Um. Uh, oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. My guess is, can I say something? My guess your is guesses. it might be on your list, too. But maybe not. I don't think so. Um, 
I know, I think I feel like I know what you have left on yours. <laughs> uh, I, know, I know, I know what it is. <laughs> With no accomplices Maybe I've been faking the whole time. <laughs> That wouldn't be it. Oh, man. Should I give a hint? <laughs> give me a second here. It's in my head right now. I, like, want to sing it. Okay, what is it? What's number two? Powerful Tapu. Oh, I should have known that. Would you have guessed it? Would no, you have guessed I wouldn't it? have guessed it. I was going back. I thought it was earlier. No, no, it's a newer no, song. No, it's it's one of my top. It's an honorable mention for me for an sure. An honorable mention. Yeah, it's yeah. not one of no, mine. No, it's so good. Isn't Everybody it so good? listen to Powerful Tapu. It's one of those so ones good. that you have to like immerse yourself in to really get what he's saying. And then I'm like, oh, yep, yeah, there it is. I'll read the, this one line, which I know you love, but and I love it too. If you can find good vibrations, and gosh, we should just play it, actually. He gets it. He gets it. They'll try to tell you that you're in danger of falling into temptation. It's the devil's bargain that to save your soul from hell, deny your senses, be a stranger to yourself. Now, deny that's a powerful taboo. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, that song can hit, like, it hits me. And yeah. I'm like, yep, that yeah, is a powerful a taboo. Pow- no, I'm so glad that's your number two because I feel like that song has had a mm-hmm. even now, mm-hmm. even now after all these years, he's still having an impact on me. That right. that song has a huge impact on me. It, it narrates what I feel like I've experienced. Yeah, it, it I was puts, turned against myself. Exactly, it yeah. puts to words what's happening with Christianity when they, like, when they're this there's this whole taboo against you exploring who you really mm-hmm. are. It's like it's this super frustrating dichotomy that's been built and he names it in such a way that you're just like uh-huh okay i don't think he is. had this in mind but just take this strange christian thing of like the between my age of like 14 to 18 there was a trend in a lot of youth groups of burning and destroying albums hmm. so here's this album that you like it's touched something about you, you don't know why but burn it burn it get rid of it toss it throw it away it's like yeah what I know, and I, like, I'm not quite as steeped in Christianity as you are, but I did have a really long season, and, like, this doesn't specifically speak about this, but, like, I was a gay who immersed myself in evangelical Christian Mm -hmm. culture, and so there was all these things that was, like, I did have to be a stranger to myself, and, like, through that, I, like, repressed a lot of who I was. Modesty culture. Modesty (laughs) culture. I turned against my own senses Mm -hmm. and denied them to the point where I, like, repressed a lot of who I was Mm -hmm. and like as much as I like to think that like I wish I wasn't as like honestly weak to be so subject to it but I'm like it's a powerful taboo that that's happening and he he names that in this song yeah don't let them take your wits from you don't let them take your wits from you (laughs) that's a powerful (laughs) taboo yeah it's so good Kind of got a It's smoky, kind of a bop. It's, it's a, bop. a bop. It is. It really is. Um, okay. A tape is on bop. You know, this is. These are emotional choices for me. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to pull this up just because I want to reference. My my top one is an emotional choice, I guess. My my um, The two I've mentioned so far, I've already... The two that are my top two I've already mentioned. Hi, baby. I think Patrick gets freaked out by the mics a little bit. Now that's a powerful taboo. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll either read some of this or put some of the clips in. You never Kay. know how it's gonna. What pan song out. is it? Okay, so my number two, I'm going. I'm I'm making a choice here to go for the most emotional as number one. Okay. But probably this song has had the most impact on my life. Okay. And I think it probably acts as a lot of Bible verses or confessionals, and it was unintentional. It just it hit me. And it's the song that I probably have in the back of my mind almost every day. Since what song it. is this? <laughs> it's called Bearing Witness. Mm, mm, and it's good. to me, it met me at a season. Now, I want to say something about this song. It's on Curse Your Branches. The version he plays is hokey in my mind. The, the, the way he came up with it in the studio, I'm like, it's kind of like, I don't really understand. Like, I, I feel like there's some... <sighs> rockabilly Hawaiian like overly light tones to the song but mm-hmm. I encountered it first on the internet when he was playing oh. it at colleges with just his guitar oh gosh I, so I was I like can only oh imagine. I'm getting into this and then this kind of like upbeat hokey that's kind of disappointing vibe. and I was like oh but it still sticks out yeah but bearing witness is a biblical the theological Christian term that gets thrown a lot about like bearing witness to the truth mm-hmm. of like Christianity or the gospel or something like that. And he kind of flips that on his head. And out of all the songs on that album that were all special to me, this one just got into my soul. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to read it because, because it's, I think it's worth listening to. I say this to myself all the time. I say, it, I say it, all the time. I can't, I can't tell you how much it's just in me. Yeah. I clung to miracles I have not seen from ancient artifacts I cannot read. And though I've repented, I'm still tempted, I admit, but that's not what Bearing Witness is. Hmm. Bearing Witness, I think, in his mind in this song is honesty and authenticity. And, yeah. Um, and this is a great line. He, I, know, I just think he's at he's his like, best. He's like, I'll take your lessons. Yeah. And do them, yeah. but like in an authentic, yeah. out there way. So this is a great line where I felt totally in sync with this. Too full of prophecy and fear to see the revelation that's right in front of me. So sick and tired of trying to make the pieces fit because it's not what bearing witness is. Hmm. And then I said this earlier, but when the gap between what I hoped would be and what is makes me weep for my kids... I take a cleansing breath and make a positive confession. And then in the song, he says this as a question mark. But is that what bearing witness is? And then Emotional Scott the last everybody. line at the time really got me because it says, though it may alienate your family and blur the lines of your identity, hmm. let go of what you know and honor what exists. Son, that's what bearing witness is. Daughter, that's what bearing witness is. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, that's Still gets really me good. Day. That's really good. And that's like he's spitting some fire there. Mm-hmm. To me, it like it's it's like cutting the fat. It's like um let's 
let's let's uh, well, he says it right here. Um, let go of what you know and honor what exists. So what you know, it's the thing of like the God that you grew up with dying. Mm-hmm. Um, I have these all these preconceived notions of God, but let's let's try to get rid of that and and speak to what I am understanding now. But also look around at the people in front of you. Look around at your own experience. Look around at like not being turned against yourself. Powerful taboo, mm-hmm. and speak to the truth that exists right in front of your very eyes and give yourself permission to do that. And that's actually a really worthy thing to do. Yeah. Oh, I think it's such an underrated song in the whole landscape of (laughs) Dave's song. Yeah. So good. Bearing witness. The, 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 the studio recording, you should play a clip of the old one, old version. So, I mean, there, there was probably like 10 versions of him performing on college campuses, but I'll find one for sure. sure Yeah. Yeah. And I think I probably saw him perform that at the Fremont Abbey. Gosh. Yeah. Big, big mood. Okay. Are we to your number one? Yeah, which I feel like you all be, <laughs> you think you probably know my I number do, I one. I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> you want to guess? Uh, options. Yeah, it's yeah. options. <laughs> it's options. <laughs> this freaking song. Um, this song <laughs> speaks to my soul in a ridiculous manner. Also, you played this song, and it's like... I played it at a moment you when we were in the moment. middle of a conversation. So. And it was perfect. <laughs> this song tells this, it paints the picture. First of all, just the start, the mm-hmm. vibe of the song. Like I feel it in my head and I'm just like, I'm there. Mm-hmm. It takes you to this like very serious place. And he just paints this picture of like this really sweet thing. We're walking hand in hand and all these things. And then what is the line? I want to. I want to get yeah, the line. We have correct. to get the right. We got to get the lines correct. Um, it's good to have options. Um, I had recently, literally, just done basically everything that he says in this. Is this David or is this Pedro? It's Pedro. Pedro. Um. Okay, we're walking, holding hands with our bare feet in the sand and the seagulls overhead. When I broke the spell and said. I could never divorce you without a good reason. And though I may never have to, it's good to have options, Mm -hmm. which is just like my whole freaking vibe all the time in terms of like me entering a space. Have you shared this song with anybody at all in your life? No. (laughs) (laughs) I probably will this weekend. I am entering the space of like Macy, who has been habitually solo and alone. Is mm-hmm. like, I am. <sighs> it's nice to be seen. It's nice to say, like, I know this weighs heavily on me. It's nice to be seen. I'm entering an area where I'm starting to experience like love and romance in like a whole new way. And, and I'm, and you maybe want to self sabotage. Heavy quotes, a like falling in love and this song talks about this it's like there's this spell and there's this wonderful thing but then my instinct when that uh, things start to get to like they get ideal and they get wonderful and they get sweet is to be like okay if then let's go the opposite and interrogate and go extreme and cut the bull crap Mm -hmm. and it's not because that thing's not beautiful but it's like but in order for that to be, there also has to be this other side of it and this pendulum switch. And like 
this idea of like it's nice to have options and then the next part is just him going but i need you Mm -hmm. but for now i I need you you. and i'm like yeah it's i think it's one of the most romantic sentiments i know i agree and it gets me so much this whole song and i've listened to it it's very vulnerable it's like so vulnerable and i think it's one of the most like it's to me, and this is something that I'm navigating, but I'm like, I'm being very, to me, it's caring when I'm being really honest about, like, who knows what can happen, and we can't be, of course, like, of course. I have to be really honest with all the thoughts that are going in my brain, and my doubts, and my self-doubts, and that kind of thing. And is it intimate to share it with the person in your life you're supposed to be closest with? I think it is, but I also think there's a part where, and he names it, like, it's breaking some kind of spell, like, yeah. Nobody ever says what no they actually No one says mean. I actually have to do that. No, nobody says what they actually mean. Yeah. And it's like, I will say it and I will do that. But will that? Will I do it to the point where I ruin it? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, dang. dang, dang. So this song, it's got me. It's got me. Got me good. Ooh. Dave has really hit me in a, in a strange way. Um, I feel like for my number one, because this is what I think. This song is the origin. This song for me is like what did it and like it, is it a Pedro? It, it is. It's okay. it's what and I've already talked about it, but it's what it's what it's like love at first sight. I heard it and I was like, I'm instantly I'm all in. You're you're hitting me in all levels and I've never heard anything like this. I mean, since I've found other things, like it led me on a journey to find other experiences like this. Yeah. But if I can trace back the moment when I heard this and I was like I've never heard anything like this. And to this day, I can get into this headspace where it's like impacting me. And it's so simple and silly. Like the lyrics are like in retrospect compared to even the other, the other songs we're talking about tonight aren't as profound, but where it got me at the season of my life mm-hmm. and what it was probably in the greater Christian music landscape. Um, so maybe, maybe I'll, uh, we could end on it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just talk about it. it. It's called "The Longer I Lay Here." Okay. Okay. Yeah, and this, 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 this at the time, I think, I think it's underrated. I think Dave Bazan in general is underrated, but um, this song I think is just a genius song. I, I think it's so beautiful, and it's, it's it's simplistic, and it's easy, and it 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 it, it definitely um, articulates a a mood and a feeling and an earnestness and um, yeah. I mean, I just say it in closing, like all the things we've been saying about Dave is on, like, thank you, Dave is on for doing you. this. Yeah. We'll end with this. It's called the longer I lay here. Um, That's a good move. Yeah. I think if we're, if we're, if we're, what album is the first album? No, it's a second album. It's called, it's hard to find a friend. And, um, I think it sounds like a prayer and it sounds like the right kind of prayer to me, whatever that means. Heavy quotes, you know, like it feels good with you. It feels authentic. Like to like, again, like we'll get to that part, but it says at the time again, when it met me in my life, I'd never heard anything like this. Uh, Sweet Jesus, I need you. That's Mm -hmm. a nice little, just in general. And he says, forgive me the sin. Yeah. And all the things we've been told to be afraid of is, teens in high school not hookers or heroin or gambling or gin 
it sounds so ridiculous, but I just can't lick this. I need someone to help me love myself. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. like, <laughs> that's it's, like so good. It's like good. so real. Ugh. That's what we really need from Jesus. <laughs> I, know. I know. I'd never, it's like, yeah, that's what I would like to ask for. That's what I actually need help with, you know? And, and I, I don't struggle with these other things. Like as much as the world would like to make me think that I need to be scared of those. It's like, Jen, yeah. whatever that even represents in this song. But like, I'm not out here making a mess of myself, but I, I need some help still. <laughs> I don't know. It's such a refreshing song. Um, so, I mean, obviously I've been impacted by so many other songs, but I think maybe, can we listen to it here? Yeah, we can. Okay, and then we'll we're we're going to listen to it here everybody, but we're saying goodnight to all of you. Good night everybody. <laughs> Just can't lick this. Uh.